Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Talk Recorded live. And live we are racing into the third month of 2016. What are we going to face this month? So many things have been uh, have been prophesied, told, speculated, and a lot of things don't happen. Except what's going on in your life. Have you really been looking at who you are and what you can do for making your life better and stop standing around waiting for someone out there to make it better for you. You're the only one that can do it. And we were just, uh, I was reading uh, this um, uh, article that was in the, um, who was it, the New York Times for January 30th. I get newspapers from the library. And so as I (laughs) tear them up and put them in my fire, I read some of the articles. And uh, this article caught my attention, At Home with the Sins of the Fathers. And it is about the pedophiling of the uh, priest. And as someone at one time pointed out, they said, what an aberrant um, type of life those men lead. All the other religions, the ministers, the rabbis, all of them marry. It's only in the Catholic Church that you have them being celibate. But that reminds me of the joke about the... um, the one young man who comes to the monastery where they're rewriting all the books and into their fine, uh, beautiful uh, script and calligraphy. And he asked the, rap, the um, um, head monk, could there be mistakes in some of these? Do you think they really copied it word for letter for letter for letter for letter all the way through? He said, I don't know. Let me go down and check. And uh, the head uh, abbot went down, and the young man went about his business, and then hours passed, and the more hours passed, and the young man was getting worried because he was an older man. This was serious. So he went down into the deep, 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 deep catacombs where they had the oldest book. And now you've got to remember, this is all... Uh, they're, they're Catholic. And so he's down in there and he hears the noise way off in the distance, so he follows it. And he follows it and follows it and finally finds this, the senior abbot, the master there, and the head abbot. And he's crying. And he said, What's wrong? Are you okay? Are you sick? He said, No, it was celebrate. Oh, God. <laughs> Not celebrate. Sell a butt. Oh my god. Yeah, so. Just the way you said that, it just boom right in my heart. (laughs) Oh wow. Someone had made an error, (laughs) but they they don't change it. Well, and it's the same thing with the whole. I'm convinced 
that the whole problem is a comma. Instead of I am, comma, that I am, it's I am that, comma, I am. That way when you're looking at something and you're finding it disgusting and you say I am that, you can put yourself in that and become that person without really having to. And you can open your health heart to more compassion. Even if it's a dirty rock laying on the side of the road, you can love it. You know? That's exactly the point, Patty, because what is happening, and this is very interesting, what is happening just for what you started when our, we were doing our pre-talk, the boy stabbed his mother. Where is there love there if you're going to stab your mother because she's making you do something you really... How many of us have done things we didn't like to do, and when we finished it and we really got praised for it, we go, oh, I guess it wasn't as bad as all that. But here he stabs his mother. He's going to be in DHS and not get out because of his actions. And she might even be prisoned. I don't know what they'll do with something like that. She's hurt pretty bad. They had to take her to the hospital. So Yeah, if you're armed with a knife, how big was the knife? It doesn't matter. It's an injury, and and now they'll start banning knives. That's what they had said already. I guess you're going to take away knives when they start being used instead of guns. Fortunately, he didn't have a gun. But uh, this is the mentality that they're... Well, I saw it with the kids across the street when when they were little. And Nikki would, they would play... She would play dead, and then she'd get up again. I don't know exactly how it was happening, but what was going on in my life was I was doing the healing through Master Shaw and stuff. And I, I went over there all excited, and I go, your daughter believes in reincarnation. And she goes, no, she doesn't. That's what's on TV. They get killed, and then they get back up. That's right. Oh, my God. And I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Exactly how that young boy thought back in the 60s because he would see those people in a different show and they were alive. And that's what he thought the neighbor would do. Okay, Mrs. Smith, you can get up now. We're, we're through. We've got, we're through. It's insane. Insane. But how to carry that out when the poor woman was probably screaming her head off? Oh, man. He shot her. He shot the woman. He shot the neighbor. And she died right then and there. She was a, a senior lady. Wow. This is the problem. They have no cause and effect understanding, just like that roommate of mine had no cause and effect of what she wanted to do. And so I taught her the lesson. And uh, many people, it takes a whole lifetime for them to get that cause and effect. All of what's going on around us, really, if we looked at it and our, what have we been called all our lives? The silent majority. Now we are being the quiet majority. That means we're rumbling. We need to get a big voice. We need to get a bigger voice. 
And that is what's starting with all the stuff that's going on, and it's around the world, around the world. Interesting point. I, I looked up this morning because I thought maybe this weekend was the weekend was supposed to spring forward with daylight savings time. It and is, so isn't I, it? No, I looked it up, and it's actually next Sunday. Oh, good. I'm glad I didn't send my clocks forward already. Well, the thing is, this is what was interesting. I somehow, you know, I did it on start page, like uh, Colin has taught us, have start page as your home page. And so I went to start page, and there was a, a thing there, daylight savings around the world. Do you know that every country in the world does not do daylight savings? And those that do, 99, if not, 99 and a half of them do it on March 27th. We do it on the 13th. You know why? Money. They want you to get outside and barbecue those two weeks earlier so that you can have more outside time or get your um, lawnmower going and, and use up more gas. Money, 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 money. And uh, in some countries, it was interesting to see Hawaii and Arizona, parts of Arizona do not do it. Hawaii New Mexico, all. too. Well, they, I, well I, I may have skipped over it. There are parts of the U.S. that don't do it also. Yeah. However, when you get uh, Cuba does it, Haiti does it, and um, part of the Baja Peninsula into some parts of Mexico do it. But not everybody does it. Then you have Australia, New Zealand, and all those that are uh, down below the equator that do it. They spring forward in September and turn it off in April because that's their summertime. They're spring and summer. And uh, so they're totally the opposite of us. And they, they turn it off in um April, I think April, summer 1st, summer 3rd, or something like that. But we turn it off now in this coming year in 2016. We'll turn it off in November, November 5th or 6th, where we've been doing it on Halloween weekend for the last two years. Uh, that's when we do our excursion is the, uh, the weekend that they do the, um, 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 you know, fall back so we get an extra hour of sleep in the morning. <laughs> ah, I just typed the history of daylight savings time, and the first thing that came up, daylight savings time is used to save energy and make better use of daylight. Benjamin Franklin suggested rather jokingly to wake up earlier to save British, well, that's anyway about it. But I'm trying to find who in the heck started it. In the very beginning, well, if the when you read that, if you read that, that's total bullshit. Because we're getting oh. longer days already. We don't need it. There are places that never have it. They, it doesn't change anything. You're still going to get longer days because the days get longer. Period. Until June twenty first. Even though there's no particular legend associated with the subjects, we often subject we often receive inquiries from readers wondering how and when we started the annual pack 
practice of fiddling with our clocks twice a year. <laughs> so we put together a brief history of daylight savings savings time. Okay, I don't know. I don't want to read through all of this. I don't know, but it's interesting. You know, we can we can research this this weekend. Yeah, because well, they're saying it was to save money, and we're saying no, it wasn't. It was to spend money. Remember, everything they say it's for is actually the opposite. Yeah. And that'll that'll wake up a lot of people. How much? How much did you really go outside, and what was it they really accomplished? Look at all the grills. Look at the variety of grills out there. Give me a break. They're bigger and... And the carcinogens you're putting in your body from cooking the meat on the barbecue. And then... And the smell. Paul, who used to come on our calls and stuff, he and... I, I bought all the meat to cook at this gal's house, at Nikki's house, when we were doing the uh, uh, Republic of South Carolina. And mm-hmm. uh, I ate mine raw, so I didn't have... I had great flavor because I got really grass-fed beef. I got really good uh, meat. And they put it on her her um, her gas-driven grill. And they said all they tasted was the gas. It tasted terrible. What a way to spoil a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Really spoil a piece of meat. My son uses it and, and daughter-in-law, they use a grill. I just look aside and, and just, I eat it because I'm their guest. It doesn't, you know, I don't do a big deal on them because it's not fair. They're doing their best they can. So I just have to stay out. Grandma, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's good. But... Um, we 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 learn a lot from each other, and there was um, what was the other thing that I wanted to bring up was about uh, oh what Drake was saying on Wednesday. Did you two get the finish listening to him? Uh huh. He was a half hour short, but it was interesting how he was bringing up about the driver's license also. Mm-hmm. And that was that was good. He's it's starting to get out here, but we don't need a driver's license. No one needs a driver's license because that is commercial. And you know, before Fran died, that's what she started going into me about. Why do we have to have licenses? And I said, Well, probably because there's people that are not capable of driving. Well, nothing to do with it. And <laughs> she um, said, "I can still drive." And uh, about two days later, she got in a car wreck <laughs> at the grocery fact, store. She hit a car while she was parking. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a perception thing when her, you were her age and her her wellness. And she didn't yeah. tell anybody about it. She just ran down to the cop shop and paid the ticket. Didn't go to court or anything. Because also nobody knew how bad her driving was getting. And I was done. She had somebody else helping her, taking care of her, living there. And that woman just let her do everything, you know. And I remember the day I went over there, the last day I saw Fran Healthy, sort of. And her lips were all blue around them. And I went into the house. I said, what the fuck are you doing to Fran? She is dying right now. I can see her dying right in front of my eyes. And about an hour and a half, they called me and said she'd have a stroke. Yeah, her lips were blue. That's poor circulation. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. And this was a caregiver that had a license to take care of people. How many of those are false licenses? Give me a break. But the, um, I, uh, we went to court. My buddy, uh, Pat, had a fender bender, kind of like uh-huh. what your lady I was in in the parking lot. It was on the street. And she said, I, w- I just didn't observe. And she didn't hit her with much force. Her car got totaled. The other lady, her insurance, Pat, my buddy Pat, her her insurance took care of it all. Boop, 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 boop. She got a new car, so now she has a car payment. But she got the car that she likes. It's a Fit, Honda Fit, which is smaller, easier for her to handle, et cetera. Okay. So she says, well, I've got to pay a ticket of $160. And, of course, I went through the roof. You don't pay tickets. And I said, you're not going to pay that ticket. So um, this fellow, Jonathan, and, uh, and his girlfriend. I'm sorry. He came to court. Uh, to observe. Now, we were at 10.30 in the morning. There were seven or eight of us. One was actually a student from Spartanburg community. And we, we kind of, we knew each other. And we, you know, you're kind of embarrassed you're there, okay? And so, uh, and I had primed my buddy. He said, you're such a fighter. I'm not a fighter. And I said, I understand that. That's why we're doing this as a Chinese fire drill with us with Jonathan and Virginia so that they can see how a court can be run. Every, and I'm, as I said, seven of us, all of them were fender benders. Two of them were uh, seniors. One lady probably shouldn't have been driving because she couldn't hear anything. <laughs> Mom, they said, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But she was a sweet little lady, and the other gentleman was a sweet man, and then Pat, and then the rest were all young people. And they have fender benders. None of the opposing parties showed up. Why? The insurance took care of it. They were all satisfied. There was no problem. If they had shown up, it would have been $160 for her to pay. So there's a cop up there, and this is all wrong. But the cop is being the prosecutor, and he's given the ticket to the judge and says, I move that this be dismissed for every one of them. <laughs> he kept Pat as the last one because he knew I was up to something. <laughs> oh, he knew you. <laughs> he didn't know me, but he knew I was up to something. And uh, because he was waiting for something to happen. But everybody had just gone up and gone out. They all got dismissed, everything. And that was $160 for every single one of us. And um, my John, the other fellow who does a lot of court stuff uh, and, and learning about it, he was saying, that's a lot of money they lost. I said, yes, and that's why it's done totally separate from any corporation cases. Because if the opposing party doesn't show up, there is no case. That's what you have to remember. If there's ever a fender bender and you, your insurance covers it all, the other party's happy, you don't show up because otherwise it's a gouge on the person that hits you. You know when they Bruce hit... pay 160 yeah. When, when Bruce ran over that woman on his way to work, when he worked uh-huh. at the hospital, and he took her to the hospital where he worked. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> his insurance took care of it. I don't know how much they paid or anything. Our insurance rates didn't go up, but there was never a ticket issued. Well, see, then it's it, it, then because he drove her to the hospital. I said, "Boy, if you'd have waited for the cops, you'd have probably got a ticket." He said, "I couldn't. I was late for work, so I just took her with me." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> see, and that's how you do it. That's good Samaritan work. Yeah. And that's how it used to be. I mean, I I gotten tickets in in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills in California <clears throat> was notorious for a gargantuan number of tickets. Yeah. But the, the judges understand, you get two or three in Beverly Hills, you know, they'll get you for flashing your eyeballs. And, I mean, that's how right on you they were. And so they they exonerated you. Oh, the, well, forget about the Beverly Hills one. Okay, this one's an L.A. one, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But in Beverly Hills, what they used to do if you forgot your driver's license at home, they'd say, go, go home, get your driver's license, next time you're in here, show it to us. That's it. That's yeah. all that needed to be done. They, they make money now. They make money off it, and that's the, the vindictiveness of it. So she was really pleased that she just had to do that. She was like, what do I do now? Out the door, girl. <laughs> but the 8 o'clock one is all your corporation stuff getting you on a non-injury, non-victim ticket. And there they make the money. Because I was there at that, in that same city hall courtroom, and there were lots of us there. I was telling Pat about it. I said, there must have been 35 to 50 people there where this one cop had given out so many tickets for this particular street because we all took the shortcut and raced down the street so we beat the light at the other end. Oh, so they, they set them that way on purpose. Well, there wasn't a light at the other end, but there was at this one. Which you just wanted to kind of slip out on the ice, and that's the name of the street. And so they put speed bumps, and they were trying to see how many people did it. And I'm sure you had 35 to 50 people. And many of us were in there. I'm sure it wasn't all of us. These people, so many people just blow it off. The cop no-showed. There was no witness. And the judge was furious. And I was telling the guys, I said, they, the cop was on an assignment at what we call Millican Park over here, where it's Millican R&D. And they were on a stakeout to catch gay men doing bad things in the bushes. Oh, Jesus. And so, the, the Joseph, judge, Mary, everybody. Yeah. He was he was so livid that that's what that where he was because he watched his retirement money all walk out the door because he had to dismiss all the cases. Yep. We showed up, he didn't, and it could have been a, a healthy Jeez. little fine for all of us because he wouldn't and. I was still learning in those days, so I wasn't real quick. But I'm still learning, too. <laughs> you know my front page today? Yeah. Police say a man thought he was attacking a mosque. Spokane, S-I-K-H, Sikh temple, vandalized. Naked suspect arrested at the scene. That's bad enough to see on the front page. 
And then I started reading it. He thought it was a mosque. And then I get to the guy's name, Jeffrey C. Pittman. Oh, gee, 20 years ago, that little kid was staying in my house with his mom and dad while I was in jail, and they ripped me off for everything I had. They turned on my electricity. I had to pay electricity bills, you know, and now this kid is naked in a mosque or a, a Seaite place, did $30,000 worth of damage, tore the temple, the holy book apart, and all kinds of crap. You know, i got to get out of this town. Programming. <laughs> I know. Programming. And, and the feds have arrested 12 more over the Nevada standoff. Lovely. Protections may end for Yellowstone area bears. Lovely. Bernie Baby Sanders infant doppelganger dies of SIDS. What? What was that? There was a picture on February 14th of a lady handed a baby with a wig on and and big glasses on to Bernie Sanders, three-month-old Oliver Jack Carter Lomas Davis as Bernie Baby. And then I guess he died the other day of, of SIDS. The baby died? Yeah, well, he was, they took a picture of him on on Valentine's Day and put it in the paper, and you can only see Bernie, the back of Bernie's head. But here's this little baby with a gray wig on and big glasses. Looks just like Bernie, only a baby. But then um, yesterday he died, or when did he die? He died of SIDS just a couple of days ago or something. The winsome, the winsome baby boy quickly became known across the Internet universe as Bernie Baby after his mother, Susan Lomas, posted a photo on Facebook and Twitter of him greeting Sanders at a political rally in Las Vegas. Well, why did he die is what I'm having. Sudden about. infant death syndrome. Oh, my God. The the candidate himself seemed captivated by Oliver, picking him up and holding him as the two look-alikes, separated in age by 74 years, smiled at one another. Oliver was happy, joyful, and full of love, and he shared that with everyone he came into contact with, his aunt said Thursday. He was extremely healthy, and and was tragically taken too early by SIDS. So, yeah. Weird, huh? And Kerry canceled his visit to Cuba over human rights. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> who, who, who did? Kerry. Secretary? Secretary of State John Kerry has canceled a trip to Cuba two weeks before Barack Obama visits communist ruled nation as huh? diplomats haggle over which Cuban dissidents the president will be allowed to meet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even read this stuff without laughing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they have, oh my God, there was a video yesterday. I put it on Neil, I think, on the Godman site. And it's, um, it's when the towers came falling down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, I got to find it. It was so funny because they were, it was directed to the buildings of how we should pray for the buildings, you know. And it's right in front of your face that it was done by us. And it's, and they all, I can't remember what song is playing while it does it. It is so funny. Because it's all over now, you know, and we know 
we know that it was done inside, but now it's time for America to know that we did it on purpose or that they did it on purpose. And there's so much of that stuff coming out right now mm-hmm. about Bush and, and where he was and the book upside down in his lap. and Oh, boy. That was all done right then and there when um, it happened that the book was upside down. and it was Well, now they're showing um, films of, of them sending the planes out over the ocean instead of to... Washington, D.C., they're showing all of it and how it was set up in advance, you know, and putting it right in front of everybody's face. Because until we get these people woke up enough, we can't start doing all this work we need to do. And I need the medical machines now, not tomorrow. So, and, So let's let's get this going. I gotta get some good energy in my house so my neighbors are stop being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, that's the thing. I gotta get this magrav done for you, girlfriend. But yeah. uh, one of the things that's interesting, what you're saying, because of Carson. Carson is a known socialist. He's not the. He's not the. Uh, let me rephrase that. Is he the one who's a doctor? Ben Carson is not the doctor, right? I think he is, and he—I don't oh. know. I get them all mixed up. I get him mixed up with Bernie Sanders half the time. I don't know which one's which, except one oh, black and okay. one's white. Okay, so Bernie Sanders. <laughs> one of them is a doctor, and the doctor is fine, but he's running way behind uh, Hillary. Now wait a minute. Yeah. Whoever's running with Hillary on the Democrats is way behind. Hillary's taken all the fraud, and she's she's running with it, baby. She's running with it. And um, the the guy out of Connecticut is the one who is a socialist and has been known to be a communist all his life. So this it's a uh, a known fact, and he is um, definitely definitely on the on the roll to to make certain we have socialism. Socialism, everybody, let's have more of it. We need it. We need to keep you in line, don't you know? And uh, he's he's a socialist. He's running on a socialistic party. So it's a um, I think I'm going to go with the other plan, because I listened to something last night through Sheldon Niddle, and Niddle or whatever his name is, and found out that my Social Security will probably go up to $2,000 a month if all this goes through the right way. Plus, it's going to go up very high if it goes through is the operative word. Right. Plus, then, after all that's done, then... Maybe more money. Well, the, the prosperity thing, funds, if that is real. The thing that's being shown now is the issue of who is really in charge of it. I sent out something about Vic Ware. Vic Ware had said, uh, uh, Neva sends me that stuff. And periodically, mm-hmm. I want, you know, let's look at all this stuff. 
And Bix, where uh, someone asked him, are these rumors right? And he's saying, yeah, the good guys are holding it up again. Well, I sent that out, and I got a response from um, Sharon up in Connecticut. And she said, they've been infiltrated just like everybody else has been. Yep, yep. There's just no getting away from the, the rotten infiltration that they keep doing and we think they're the good guys. That's that's the stupidity of it. Hello, is anyone in home? And 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 there are more people home than what we give them credit for. So mm-hmm. it's important we start giving them the credit. Good. More people are getting that. And and that's why there's such an avalanche for Trump because he's verbal. He's Saying what the people want to hear. But they all do, and then they turn around and don't do what they're supposed to do. That That is one of the points that was brought out. If he does not do what he says he's going to do, the people will know they have been so bloody betrayed by this man or anybody that comes along. Absolutely anybody, because that is exactly what they want people to get, total disillusionment. So that but it's will... backfiring on them, I think. Well, it will if we can get their attention enough to say, no more. They're going to do the same thing again and again. What is it about insanity that you're not getting? The word insanity means doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Are his lips moving? Are Trump's lips moving? Yes. He's a liar. That's how you tell he's a, you know, he's new. He's new on the field. I don't know if he's lying all the time. I don't know what is true or false anymore. Do any of us know what's true or false anymore? Only by looking at ourselves and seeing the little tangle of little lies that we tell to ourselves. You know? Absolutely, and you know, like I could fix. I thought I could make Bruce into a wonderful husband. Damn it! I've been working on him for fifteen years, <laughs> and he finally got tired of hearing me bitch and went out and got a job, and now we're blissfully happy. <laughs> That's mostly all anybody wants. Can you take care of me? Yeah. And that's all anybody wants. Mm-hmm. And so much of what goes on is exactly the opposite, which is what is going on around us. The opposite is always being done. And And nobody knows what's what with anybody. As long as he stays on that end of the house, and I stay on this end of the house, and we meet in the middle once in a while and have dinner together or something, everything is wonderful. He can watch all the television he wants to watch. When I walk into his room, I start getting these weird feelings. I have to get out of there real fast because that TV, boom, my face goes right to that TV when I get in there, you know? And he's watching stupid stuff. I mean. But it's stupid to you and not to him. You want to be my lapdog girlfriend? But that's, yeah, and that's what he wants to do. I don't care. You know, I tried to teach him neo-think because the, the stuff came to him, not to me. And oh, he was yeah. all excited with the first book. 
you know. Uh-huh. And then he wasn't cooperating with me, so I had to write to Neo Think and say, hey, you sent it to the wrong person. He won't do it. Can I do it? <laughs> oh, you're one of the specialist special ones, they said. I said, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> we all fell for it, too. Yeah. 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 But I did learn a lot, and I'm I'm really really ever grateful that I did go through that. Oh, I am too. We but learned so much on that. The biggest part of it all, the most fantastic feeling of it all, was in the middle of the school of genius when Jill was ta- teaching. She only did it once or twice, I think. I don't know, but there were only four or five of us in there when she was doing the school of genius. And about halfway through it, I went, oh, my God, I am smarter than she is. And I don't mean smarter, but, I mean, I just, I felt like the teacher instead of the student. You know, I felt like I I could teach her a little more than she was teaching me, you know, and, and I blossomed, and, you know, and I found my God self. But I didn't know what to do with it because they were all doing funny stuff with their God selves to me, you yeah. know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, and that was okay. my first inkling to pull away, pull away now, Patty. But look at what it is. It was your viewpoint that you acknowledged and gave you credibility. It isn't about what other people think. It's about what you thought, and that's a big win. A huge win. Because so often, well, so-and-so said it, so I have to do it. No, you don't. What do you think? What do you think? What is your thing? And that's where what you really gave yourself permission to do. I can think differently than someone else. But just don't tell the other person how to think, right? <laughs> it isn't our job. It is about examples. In order for things to change, first I must change. And look at all that you've come through. Look at all that you've come through. I've got my little lap dog on my lap. Aww. Yeah, she wanted up. So she's up here. She said it was getting cold down there, Mom, and the chair was getting cold, and you forgot to keep the fire going. Oh, she's such a reminder. (laughs) I'm not running that electric heater anymore. I took it out of my room. I got my electric bill again, and I went, oh, my God. Thank God it's only $62 because the $300 um, senior citizen grant kicked in and, and... paid $300 on my bill. So it was $360? No, no. I I was a month behind, and that was $150. And then I had another month. Well, anyway, it came out after all the deductions and stuff and all my payments that I made, I still owe $62 this month. Yeah, it's running almost $200 a month in the wintertime. But only... Only 47 of it was gas. And see, they've done something. They raised our electric rates and lowered our gas rates. So now I have to realize that the gas furnace works better than my little electric heater. And I can't run it. I don't need to run it anymore. I really don't. That's the thing. That's great awareness, actually, because of the fact 
that if you run another um, commodity, another uh, utility for better heat, because electric heat is not warm. It, it cools off too fast. Mm-hmm. Fire heat stays and kind of permeates and stays for a while. But that electric heat, was, you always have to keep it going up. It goes up to the ceiling. That's why it stays cold on the ground. But if you stand on the counter, you can't hardly stand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, yeah. what is, and that's true, heat rises. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a fellow that uh, a buddy of mine uh, at school showed me, of a, a young man, and he built everything in this house, all the roof, he had all tiles. He made it right there on the spot. He made his own little house. It looked kind of like, you know, uh, in the beginning, he got the, it looked like it would be a picnic shelter. Mm-hmm. When he finished all the roofs, he filled in the side with logs that he had cut himself. But the thing that he was doing, he had made a kiln and made an outdoor fireplace that he dug a, a, a ditch into the middle of this little hut that he was making, and he the fire went right into there, warmed it up, and he put a tile floor in. So your floor was always warm. Oh, and wow. And he kept the fire going outside, so you didn't have to worry about ventilation. He had his own little window and stuff. I think, no, I don't think he made a window, but he had his door, and he had this cute land. And when he went in, he took a little stick with the fire and brought it in and lit his little uh, beeswax candles. Oh, wow. But he made, and see, what I'm saying is that your fire, when it's done by these um, pots, they're the um, ceramic stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll keep your whole house warm on very little fire. Right. Wow. And, and my stove is metal. And if I don't keep feeding it with the wood, it won't stay warm. And it all has to get exhausted out. Or if you do this, and that's the, uh, hopefully when I uh, I get another uh, smaller house, I want to make one of those. So it's a bench type thing. That could be a bed. It could be all sorts of things. But it'll heat the house. It'll heat the house where I don't have to keep bringing huge logs in and being a tender of the thing because the, the the floor is what's so cold because of just what you said. It all rises. It all rises. It's very cold. So it's good. Hey, Orpha, how are you? She's muted. I'm here. There you go. <laughs> we, were just, we were talking about... Uh, One must have been when I got on. Yeah, You'll have to excuse me. I've I've had a sore throat and I've got a oh. clogged up head. Tell you, I'm getting tired of keeping on getting sick. And these kids are. Sick you need a vacation. What I want, to, I'm going to say while you guys are on here, send mm-hmm. me your addresses. I'm going to send you healing pads that I make for my gans. All so right. Because, yeah, because of what you're talking about. But Orpha, while you're sitting there and the kids and you're, you're muted now, um, just take your hand, right or left, it doesn't matter, and just gently uh, tap your throat. 
tap it up and down with your fingers as much as you want. I know you're taking other liquids and stuff like that, but we've got to get your blood flowing. And that will take away some of that soreness because the soreness is telling you something's stuck here. Let's get it moving. And so, um, well, yeah, awesome. I mean, I had just barely gotten over a sinus infection that had started from a cold that they gave me. And my daughter-in-law, I mean, she gets sick, they get sick. Instead of staying home and getting well, no, I I have to keep babysitting and keep getting this cap all the time. I'm getting really tired of it. i just barely gotten over it, and then they get sick again. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm getting, I'm, battling a sore throat right at the moment. This was the beginning of this week. And she goes, yeah, I'm fighting it too. What? She said, yeah, I'm fighting it too. (laughs) Well, then why don't you stay home? (laughs) Yeah, that's what she needs to do. But she doesn't. And so I keep getting sick. But it's, you know, and I... I take tons of vitamin C. I'm taking a whole bunch of probiotics, which I think are the best things. I mean, that's what's kept kept it from getting worse than it is. Mm-hmm. But it's just I'm getting tired of it. It's it's like it's like after a while you just feel like screw it. What's the use? You know, I'm I'm yeah. tired. I of understand. I understand that point. Sick, and I don't. I'm tired of fighting it. You know. I do all this stuff to keep me healthy, and it, I, I know it's working just because if it, if it wasn't, I would be a heck of a lot worse, but still, it just, I don't know, I'm, I'm, tired. I'm tired. I think we should all run away and get a mansion somewhere. <laughs> and the hell with the kids and grandkids and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, and I and I hate complaining about it too. You know, I I don't like sitting and complaining because all it does is just reinforce what I'm going through. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's just let's just you know keep it going. <laughs> let's keep yeah. complaining about it. And but you just ugly. finally you just finally lose it after a while. You know. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to complain. No. That's, no. One of the things I, you're bringing out is the fact that when other people want to stay unhealthy, they affect your life. And so it's important that so much of what you're really saying is important for, since your daughter isn't caring, daughter-in-law isn't caring, then that, that behooves you to say, no, I'm not coming over. I've gotten sick because of what you're not doing. And you've got to drive it home because if her mother's not going to come over and get sick. You know damn well she's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, my... I have been being a little bit of an impression on my daughter-in-law. I mean, I'm I'm starting to see she's start starting buying a lot better food and and everything. So it's 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 being baby steps, and she's really into the um, uh, essential oils and stuff. She's actually a distributor for that. So she's she and she's noticed that when she does, you know, uses that stuff, she gets well faster. But it's just, it's just that she doesn't, you know, she's not willing to take off work 
to, I mean, to her, she'd probably feel like she was just doing nothing, you know, by staying home, being lazy. But, you know, I get so tired, you know, like when I used to work, you know, out in the workplace, so to speak, I used to get so mad when people would come to work, they're coughing and hacking and sneezing and blowing it on me, you know. And I I used to absolutely, it just, just used to aggravate me. So I stayed aggravated a lot, which I'm better at, you know, controlling those feelings. But I'm, I'm just, I mean, I have not hardly been not sick this whole winter season, you know. Oh, wow. See, and Arthur, I notice that every time I babysit Sam. I'd get sick, you know, because he never completely cleared whatever it was that he was carrying. Yep. You know, and then she'd take him, he'd get well, he'd get well, and then she'd take him back to that house where the other kids were, and there were dirty clothes all over the house and germs and stuff. And then I finally had to tell her, I can't do it anymore, Faith. I get too sick. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. and he's getting sick. You've got to stop taking him over there. You know, yeah. so... But and, and what you're going to do when you do that is actually she will start catching on, oh, if I stay home, I get well faster. I miss less work, mm-hmm. and there's more success out of this than if there was if I just kept driving myself. Because there's one thing I learned with having pneumonia. You cannot rush going back to work. You just yeah. cannot, and that's yeah. the point that she has to get. You do not rush these criminal um, type of put the people down, and that's actually what it's about. Um, my buddy Pat, her son came back from um, where was it? They went to South America or something like that, and they, uh, he and his partner flew different planes. The plane his partner was on, had someone had the flu. And so he picked up the flu. You know, it's mind control also. And then so when he came home, he gave it to Pat's son. And the issue here is we talk ourselves, and I'm not saying you talk yourself because you've had too many of them, but... People talk, oh, they had the flu on there. Oh, I'll get the flu. And we know how much our verbiage creates some of our illness. And I have people say, oh, because I'm kidding them about the season. Oh, we just went through summer, but we we have winter this morning. And now we'll have spring tomorrow. And they said, yeah, it's all flu season. Oh, And I retort with, only if you go into agreement with it. And that's that's where, for your sake, telling her, no, I'm not going to uh, babysit when I'm not feeling well. That is what she has to learn. And it's, uh, you know, because you're only one person. Let's see if her mother will come over. She won't. She won't come over if the kids are sick. Well, I, I she probably would, but she, I don't I don't. She would probably take him over to her place. Um, I 
plus her mom is also now watching her dad. Um, oh, okay. Who is, you know, elderly, so it's not a good thing to pass that stuff on to him. You know, he's starting to deal with Alzheimer's and stuff, and he's not too awfully bad yet, but he's bad enough that he can't live on his own yeah. anymore. So they went out and got got him. Uh, went out and got him and brought him back here to live with her. But you know, I I don't know. I'm just. It's not punishment. I, I'm, 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 I'm sitting. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at my wounds. That's all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I, I don't. I don't really have anybody to really vent to. So guess what? You're it. <laughs> but we're glad we can be. We're glad we can be, and we'll give you all sorts of advice that you can't do a damn thing about. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, and, and too, I can, you know talk with you and you're not getting sick from me because it's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah, because I mean, whenever I, someone's bringing that stuff up, I just am, I'm well. I take care of myself. Well, and it, and it's like I know this stuff. I mean, I know I should say no. And I have actually told her, you know, I can't keep doing this. You know, but mm-hmm. the next time the kids get sick, guess what? I've got them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had a hard job saying no to anything. Um, hold on a second. What babies? Yeah, you ate all your beauty. What now? No, no suckers. Go. Um, I, I found these organic suckers. Um, the kids just love them. But I... So I after, no, you can have one, you know, after, you know, they get like maybe one a day when I'm, you know, with them. Oh. But um, anyway, you know, I, I know all this stuff. I know I should be telling her that. I know I, you know, should stay away and I try my best. But in the end, you know, it still is what it is. Yeah. Um. You know, it because it, I mean I do, well, even though it's not much, I do get paid for watching them. But and I and I I do enjoy watching my grandkids. I know sometimes it doesn't sound like it. But <laughs> I mean I I do love them and I and I love bonding with them. I was not able to bond. Hold on, quiet. Um, I was not able to bond with my other eight grandkids. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, bonding with these two, um, my actual flesh and blood ones, the other ones weren't my flesh and blood, so not that that makes a lot of difference, but just with the way things have turned out, you know, I mean, my five of my eight other grandkids live out in Arizona, so I don't see them that much, Uh The other three are up near Chicago, which that's, you know, an hour and a half away, which I could go up and see them, but they, that family likes to stay bonded with with, with my sibling-in-law's 
And um, ones I'm battling with the house. Um, and, oh, which I'll tell you the story about that after going and seeing the lawyer. Um, but, you know, you know, so I don't, I, I want to really, really, bond. hold on a second. I, <laughs> a child trying to, well, I guess she's not really hurt, man. I didn't see what she had in her hand at first, hitting him on the head, but he wouldn't make any noise. It was just a piece of paper. You <laughs> <laughs> ain't complaining. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah. It's like he was trying to beat him up with a wet noodle or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I, I, I don't want to lose this bond with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we had gone out to a breakfast supper, or a breakfast supper, a birthday supper last Sunday for my daughter-in-law's dad. And the fact that I was included in it made me feel good, you know, that they included me. Um, But the kids, when I was there, they only wanted to go over and see their other grandma, which was fine, you know, because she doesn't see them as much, and I have no problem with it. Until I, until I went to hold my granddaughter, I said, "Here, let me give you a hug." She goes, "No." I said, "How come?" She says, "I don't like you." <laughs> what? Oh. You don't, you don't you don't like me now? She goes, "No." <laughs> and I I could have been very very hurt, which I mean it did hurt a little bit, but yeah. knowing that she's only four years old, she probably doesn't really understand. You know, when you tell somebody you don't like them, mm-hmm. you know, that probably, that means more than what she's probably thinking it is. I mean, she might have just been basically saying, no, I don't want to, I don't want to hug right now or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when she gets older, if she says that, then I'll, <laughs> what? Well. If you, it, yeah, yeah. You want to go in timeout? Then leave, quit tearing up the book. Um. No, go play. Go play. Oops, I'm sorry. Um. But I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I found out too that um, the treatment for my eyes, like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it now because the insurance company, which I hate dealing with all these things that I know I shouldn't be dealing with, but there, it's, it, it is what it is again. But I think my eyes are a big part of my issue, my all my issues. I, I, have, a, I have a hard job... Um, When you can't keep your eyes open, (laughs) it's when I do manage to keep them open, it drains my energy. So I, I, it's challenging to exercise. It's challenging to do what I know I should be doing, and I feel like I'm turning out to be a lazy butt. Um, again, I'm complaining. I'm venting, so you're a, you know. It's a process for me to actually 
talk about this stuff because it actually helps me work through it and figure out what I really need to do. But anyway, the insurance company basically told me, here I am, you know, waiting for the authorization. All they need to do is call me to send, I mean, the treatment for my eyes, unfortunately, is Botox. And it's not, um, it goes directly into my eyelids and it does not go systemically, which those people that get the Botox for cosmetic reasons, it um, goes into the system. Whereas the way they use it on this fluffer spasms, it does not do that. It just stays very, it's very localized and it just stays in that one spot. Um, And it does relax those muscles, which is what the issue is. Um, Spasms. But, um, I was trying to get away from it, and because I did, my eyes got really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And until I find out what, why, you know, I have been searching and searching and searching for so long to find out why, what is it, what is the source of this, I don't know. I'm hoping that as I work through this leaky gut stuff, that that's going to fix it. I don't know. Nobody can say, and nobody, no matter who I talk to, nobody can tell me what causes bluffer spasms. Or I get, oh, there's all kinds of things. Well, give me, give me an example. Anything, you know. I, I don't even know where to start with this stuff. And knowing that leaky gut affects everything, every you know, disease in our, or dis-ease in our bodies, I'm hoping that this is what it is, but I still don't know really where it's coming from. I don't know what it's affecting making my eyes do this. And I'm just glad I don't have it as bad as some people. Some people have it so bad that their tongue protrudes out of their mouth and it goes spastic too. (laughs) Is this a, is this something that's in your family? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. No, nobody's ever nobody's ever heard of it. My family, me, you know. I the only thing that I have come up with that I do think is part of it is light sensitivity. Because um, I, I mean, when I look back at at this time when I. And I I was calling it snow blinded when I got snow blinded way back in the early seventies. Well, was, yeah, um, uh, seventy or nineteen seventy one, somewhere in there. That's when I got snow blinded. The 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 sun was out so bright, and I it, it snowed. I mean, everything was just covered with snow. There wasn't a lick of space that didn't have snow on it. And it was so bright. I used to deliver papers, and I was on the paper route, and for some reason, at one point, it just, like, I felt like I got shot in the eyes. And ever since then, um, light just really hurts my eyes. And... Actually, an overcast day hurts my eyes worse than a bright, sunshiny day, which is weird. But, 
you know, I can look straight at the sun because I do sun gazing, and that actually soothes my eyes. But you give me an overcast day, and I got to wear sunglasses. Um, That's amazing. It, it's it's just a really weird thing, and and my doctor doesn't really understand it. The only person that kind of understands it is the is the doctor that gives me these Botox injections. She's really good with it, but um, she's very uh, I, probably the best word to describe is quick. Um, you know. Comes in, talks really fast, <laughs> does her thing, and she's gone. You know, it's like, I, I really need to talk to you, you know. I've asked her, what causes it? Oh, we don't know. It's, you know, we don't know what causes it. But I don't think a lot of doctors really care yeah. about that because they don't want you to not come back to their stuff. But she does leave it up to me as to when I want to come back. She doesn't just automatically schedule me for another appointment for Botox. Um, but this insurance company that I have right now is being a real pistol. I don't know what I'm going to... I'm just going to probably have to just try and figure it out because they they were in the authorization process of getting the Botox authorized because they have to authorize it, otherwise they assume that it's for cosmetic reasons, you know. Oh, because it's Botox. Yeah. Yeah, right. And um, we've been going through the process. They said, well, you know, usually of the times before, I have just, hey, you finished it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, go play. Yeah. It is a puzzle, yes, I know. It's very good. Yeah, they're both getting all excited about this puzzle together. It's really good. They actually did a good job. Anyway, um, the other insurance companies have always let the doctor use the on-site Botox. You know, they're, they have their own pharmacy that they get it from. And the other insurance companies have always let them use their own. Well, this one that I've got now... Um, is um, they're strange. <laughs> you just put it this way or that way. Um, they called and said, "Well, we have to get her uh, benefits verified. Um, you have to go through our pharmacy, and we will call the patient and get her." Um, um, they call it um, consent. Um, kind of, they use a different word, which is but the consent's good enough. Um, to and then we will go ahead and ship the Botox. And so we were down to the. I guess they're they're allowed ten days to get the benefits verified, and then they're supposed to call me and you know get me to you know, consent to them going in and shipping. So I finally came down to the last day and I called the insurance company. They said, well, tomorrow is the is the 10th day and that was Tuesday, I believe. 
Um, and we just have to wait on that, and then we'll call you, and then uh, you'll pay us $600, and then we'll ship it. And I go, what? <laughs> wait a minute. $600? I got I to gotta pay $600 before I can get this now? And I said, yeah, that's, you know, you're having to satisfy your deductible. And I've never had to do that with this. They don't claim it as a drug. They claim it as medical, which the procedure, I can understand, is medical because this is not an eye condition. This is not something I go to the, although this is an eye doctor, she understands that this is a medical thing. It's not, I, if I can keep my eyes open, I have 20-20 vision. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a, a degeneration of my eyes. It's it's um, it's in the muscles that open and shut my eyes. And um, the um, it, it, and it's very draining. If if you ever sit and try to um, Okay, you know when you close your eyes, your eyes roll into the back of your head. Okay. My eyes are trying to do that 24/7. In other words, when I'm when I'm awake, my eyes are constantly trying to roll into the back of my head, and it goes in a spastic type of thing. Wow. And if you if you sit there and like force your eyeballs back into into your head as far as you can till you feel pain. Mm-hmm. Imagine that about five to ten times more painful right there, only 24-7 all day long. That's what my eyes feel like. That's what my eyes feel like all the time. And I I can't keep my eyes from trying to shut. Um, and that's what the the Botox relieves. It's um just it's extremely exhausting. It's extremely you know energy pulling. It is such a relief when I you know can actually open my eyes and I can relax. I mean, if I want to relax my eyes, I have to physically focus and will my eyes to relax. It's an actual conscious effort. And sometimes I can do it just because if I don't, I'm going to, you know. But I, I, and this is going to sound weird, but I drive with my eyes closed. I, you know, if I'm watching a DVD or something, I watch it with my eyes closed. I cook with my eyes closed. I, everything, everything is with my eyes closed, basically, because I get maybe a split second to see as I open up my eyes. Hey, hey, no yelling. Um, so this is what I'm, you know, I've been dealing with this for now for uh, 10 years or so. Yeah, you had it when you were here in Spartanburg. I remember you were talking about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, when I started getting the Botox for it, it was such a relief because it actually worked. But this last time that she did it, I think, you know, she put it in a different place um, rather than three injections on top of my eyelids, which 
trust me, that is not fun. Take nails and, and pinch your eyelid. That's what it feels like to get injected in your eyelid. Um, but instead, this last time, she did like four corners, you know, went around my eye, and it didn't work as well. So I'm pretty sure this is in the top, my upper lid more so than anything. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm really complaining. But anyway, the insurance company, you know, the one guy was saying, well, this is a tier four drug. That's why it costs 600 bucks. You can't, you know, get it unless you, you know, satisfy your deductible. Well, nobody was telling me that before. If they would classify it as a drug, then it, it works a lot different. I can do like a copay, and that goes towards my deductible too, but they're not letting me do that. I have to – very good. Good job, guys. Um, I could, I could, you know, pay it off that way, but no, I have to – since they're, you know, saying it's medical and not a drug – I have to satisfy it as though it were um, like if I had to go in the hospital or something. You know, I would have to satisfy a deductible before they would start paying on it. But the thing is with this, they won't send the Botox until I satisfy that deductible. Oh, so you're you're a person with their deductible. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how much, how many, how much it's going to cost me after that satisfied. I got to call them and find out a little bit more. Hey, are you I'm, a U.S. citizen? The reason why I'm asking is because under public law, you can discharge your debt, and that is that is true. Title 12, Section 411. Make a payment. That's what I'm suggesting to these people. And when they refuse it, it's discharged under the Uniform Commercial Code. And she needs that code because that is true. A, a lawyer actually verified that that if your no. payment is refused, they have to um, they have to pay it. Refuse what? Refuse my payment? They're not going to refuse your I, payment I, because this is what I've got. Clear it up for her, Wonder. She's, um, she's asking you. I mean, she's, is there, I'll is do there, it. Basically, what's the question? They're saying that this is my deductible, which has mm-hmm. to be satisfied, which I can understand it under other circumstances, but I don't understand it where this is being a, a, a drug that needs to be delivered to my eyes. I don't understand why they're making me satisfy the deductible. And oh. I know they won't. You know, send it, send the the Botox until I satisfy that deductible. Right. Although my whole entire deductible is two thousand dollars, I don't know why the six hundred dollars comes into play. I don't, I don't well, understand it. My, my, right. The thing is, is if you write them a letter with your promissory note in there, as a, you know, as your form of payment or whatever, and do it under law. You're a citizen of the United States under the Fourteenth Amendment because you're receiving all these benefits. Or whatnot, then I believe that you uh, you should be entitled to to um, have that debt discharged, and they should give you the uh, specific remedy 
especially if they if they refuse your payment because they have a lack of knowledge that it's in the state thing. It's, it has to do with you being a citizen and being protected by the fucking government. Well, and and I I kind of understand what you're saying there, but this it, first of all, it's not a debt yet because I have not incurred any debt with them yet. Um, this is an insurance company under the Obamacare crap. Oh. And I, you know, so was the other company that I had just right before them. I went in, got the Botox, they billed me $222. Well, that's that's within reason for me as far as I'm concerned because I, I know that that's kind of around where it was when I had them under my husband's insurance. Um, but for some reason, this company says that I can't use the Botox that the um, doctor has on site. I have to use their Botox, and they're not going to ship it until I pay 600 bucks. Well, what so is I don't in understand their Botox? Is. Have you asked them what's in your Botox that makes you more in, uh, more comprehensive than the one that has worked for me? Is it all about the money? Yeah, and this is what I'm trying to work out because they, I, I don't understand why I have to use their Botox. Correct. But it, but if, and I actually asked the doctor's office, I said, what if I just didn't bill them for the Botox and I just paid directly out of pocket to you guys and you could use your own Botox, they would just pay for the doctor. And they, and she said, well, it would, it would um, it would still be about 420 bucks, And she is going to find out if I could make payments, which I think the doctor's office would probably take payments because I'm already making payments for the $222. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to make monthly payments to them. So I don't, I don't see the problem there, although it's still pretty expensive, even for out-of-pocket. And I don't know if that's because... They know I have insurance, and I'm just not using it, <laughs> or or what the deal is. Because I know, I mean, when I didn't have insurance and I was, you know, just paying out of pocket for my doctor visit, it was like seventy bucks, you know, not the Botox. That's that that was my primary doctor, but you know, I I know that it. Um, I when I went to the chiropractor. I don't know what it was billing the insurance you know, like my daughter-in-law was doing. But when I said, I don't have insurance, I, I'll just be paying out of pocket, it was $39. Right. You know, that, so... That, that's I, the I, point, Orpha. That yeah. is exactly the point you need to raise. Did you sign up under Obamacare? At the time that I, I you know, last year with, with paying taxes, yeah, I'm totally in the system, guys, so I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Um, and I had to, you and know. You're paying for it now. Oh, I'm, I've been paying for it all along, and I know it. I'm just, you know, I I haven't quite taken that leap of faith yet to do it, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you a quick story That's what happened one time. I, I had a... Uh, I had a, a a rash on my neck, right? It had some staph infection, and it it was coming coming on pretty bad. It was like flesh eating disease or something, right, on my neck. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, what do I do? 
What do I do? I don't have, yeah, something like that, right? So I'm like, holy crap, what do I do? Well, you know what? I don't know what happened. I, something came over me. I just started calling all these private doctors. I know I didn't have insurance, and I know I didn't have money. I know I had like maybe 40, 50 bucks. But I can go in here and promise this private dude I'll pay him later. I tried it. It worked. The private doctor took me, saw my issue, said, yeah, what do you got? How much money you got? 30, 40 bucks? Okay. Gave me, he gave me a prescription for the type of, you know, antibiotic or whatever that I would need to, to help me. I even had to go back again because it wasn't the right prescription. And, and I never had insurance, not once. I, I went in there and I just paid him cash. He asked me, you know, how much can you, how much can you afford? And I was like, the one thing that allows him to do that is because he makes claims on people as a private doctor when they don't pay. And he, would not, he wasn't going to claim against me for 30 or 40 bucks because it would cost him more money. There you go. And part of the thing that um, my chiropractor, I do not use any, uh, even my Medicare. What he found out with my chiropractor uh, was that it takes them an ungodly long time to pay anything. And because of that, he said, I can't afford to have uh, a, um, somebody doing something. I can't afford. Not have, me. I can't afford to have the uh, uh, the uh, what is it? Um, Medicare, because it the return on my money, on my time, is too costly. And so what he does, he does a lot of cash clients, and those that can't and don't have the cash, they are the ones that have other insurance. But he does not really take Medicare because of the tediousness that you have to go through on the Medicare. So whenever you're going in, and I know you're in the system and you, you don't feel comfortable being out of it, that's okay. What is important is you start negotiating back with your uh, doctor and say, and keep saying to her, isn't it better for you to get cash than for you to get um, get the insurance company, which takes such an ungodly long time to get you paid? And she'll start agreeing with you because that is exactly what all these doctors are going through. That's why they charge the massive difference you're seeing because when they put it in for the $30, they don't, they don't get $30. They'll get $2. So they've had to jack everything up, make it exorbitant so that, okay, now maybe you'll give me the $30. That's criminal. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, Orpha and Wonder and anyone else. Are there any um, medical laws which serve to prevent um, someone like yourself, Orpha, with an immediate need, right, to, to for, for medical attention, you know? I mean, it's not an emergency, but it's an immediate need. And 
Are there any laws in place that, that protect you from having to, to wait to get your, your services, see, just because you can't pay? I think yes. And that's, that's a good area to research. There, very possibly, but I, yeah, I'd have to do some research. I don't, I don't know what they no. would be. Or, or I could be your power of attorney guy, and I can help you out with that. You know what I'm saying? That's called an attorney, in fact. And I've just been research recently about that. The difference between a counselor or some counsel and also an attorney, in fact, is that a counsel is deemed to be a, a bar licensed attorney when attorney in fact is more like a layman who does get a, a power of attorney as a written document to help someone, you know what I'm saying, who otherwise wouldn't be able to help themselves. No, no suckers right now. Was it too noisy? Was it uh, too noisy to, it, did it, you hear what it, I said? No, I heard what you said, I'm just trying to that is where it went. Anyway, the, the issue is for for you. You're, you want to get this service, medical attention, and you don't you don't want to have to uh, first of all use their their medicine. You want this other type, and and then also you want to have to pay anything like super duper all these super duper amounts. Or you you don't want to have to wait, right? Why should you have to well, wait? You well, know. it's not that I want to use a different type. It's just that this is the first time I've ever come up against where an insurance company is demanding that I use their pharmacy as opposed to, you know, the the medicine being already at the eye doctor's office. It's um, It's all about yeah. yeah. And I I don't know how to get around that other than, you know, pay the um, doctor's office straight out for you know what I did and you know what I did what, well, I had the same thing happen to me maybe this is what you need to do because I wasn't sure what to do either and I got really mad about it because my Humana wouldn't let me go you know so I remembered who I was getting services from before and I got a hold of Silver Script and they took me back and then I started looking at all my bills from Humana, and Humana never paid any of them till the last two months. They were letting Medicare pay it anyway, and they took the money, my deductible, and weren't paying. And now I've got all the proof in front of me. And if they did that to me and did it to a thousand other people, that was a hundred and some dollars that they took out. So you see... You know, that's the kind of crap that's happening. And how come it is that we don't get as good a care as the children do? I mean, I earned my place on this earth, and I think that my last years of life should be enjoyable, not full of taking care of sick children or whatever, you know? We take care of our children very, very well, but we sure don't take care of our older people, and it's a crime. It really is. Well, they want to get rid of the elders, and that's part of it. The other side of it, they're also uh, doing a lot of stuff to children that you read earlier with one doctor, but also what kind of medicine and what is it doing to their future procreation? We had a great discussion last night 
about the, the population of this country. It has it is so down, and the um, the actual Muslims are saying pregnant women, pregnant women, pregnant women, because they want to uh, run the world, and they're procreating. We are not. And uh, it, it's bringing up a lot of points that we need to do insofar as um, with what you're bringing up, Orpha, is the issue of how much the control of medicine is under the insurance company and not the doctor. And that might be your argument. Why are you dictating what the where we have to go when my choice is this yes doing and, and, and wonder there's a guy out here named Jason Garza he posts up a lot of videos about medical malpractice by he's trying to get services okay under whatever type typing uh, type program that they, that he may get but he's got some sort of disability or whatnot and uh, he's just always, you know, mentioning how there's no, no one enforces medical law. No. You know, they're terrified of it. Because that's why the doctors get this. The doctors in the early days had very simple insurance. When they, the, the group of whomever started attacking the doctors and for malpractice and mal this and mal that, their insurance went up to millions of dollars. And so most of the doctors, yeah, they, they need to get a, uh, a new car periodically, but many of the doctors have acquiesced to this type of Nazi medicine just to be able to, one, pay their insurance policy and to even keep their doors open because things have gotten so expensive. You know what? The, you just made me think of something. The FOIA request would actually F-O-I-A. serve to... He calls it FOIA. Yeah. It's F-O-I-A. FOIA, F-O-I-A, Freedom of Information Act request, or even under the Document Disclosure Act by Congress. You guys would be able to get access to to information, you know, which would allow you to enforce your medical situation, I guess, and your private scenario instead of creating a precedent, I suppose, because that's what they don't want, right? Is a precedent to where all these companies have to start paying all this extra money and they start charging more for insurance, right? So, what's interesting is, I guess, you're saying that there's this tyranny going on in the in the medical world where doctors don't want to be have you know they're raising their insurance rates because of possible claims that's what you just said this happened happened decades ago uh when they started raising them that's why you don't hear of medical malpractice anymore they won't take the case if it smells like it could be medical malpractice with obamacare uh and the socialized medicine you're seeing the effect of the control that will happen if this had gone completely across this country. They will dictate where, they will dictate who, they will dictate when. And you go to those countries that have socialized medicine. Uh, Canada, someone mentioned Canada. They don't get the operations timely, people die. They don't give the medicines that they can use to be really healed. They do not give any of the correct med. 
uh, medical care pre-anything unless it's over a long delay. You're facing, Orpha, what socialized medicine is about. And that's why people, sadly, that you're, you've signed up for, you're stuck in it to a point. You can reject it now, get out of it, and go back to your original insurance company if it's still in existence. A lot of the insurance companies got dumped, and this is what's the harm. And finding out about what's going on is so, you know, I found an article about they put special water in the hospital for the people with immune system problems. And the doctors and nurses are giving, are drinking it and giving the patients tap water. Yeah. And you wonder why they're sick. Yeah. Fluoride is a rat poison. Hello. Where well, the lead in the pipes from? in the hospital are poisonous too. There's there's more than just fluoride. We don't have fluoride here, but we have, you know, these hospitals were built years ago. God only knows what yes. kind of piping is underneath them. Probably lead pipes. And there's probably entities living in there. <laughs> well, oh my God! I'm never going back to the hospital again. I've got entities. Entities. <laughs> Stop. Microscopic. Let's <laughs> not go any further with this. I feel. Would, would that be marsupials? I don't know, but my face is starting to get red. I can feel it. <laughs> you guys make me laugh so much, and I'm so. But I'm so sorry. Orf is so sick. This is ridiculous. You know. Yep. It, it it just really is, and the disrespect of her of her daughter-in-law, of her own self, because her daughter-in-law is torturing herself too, and her children and Orpha. It it becomes a vicious circle, and what we can do to help you, uh, Orpha, is maybe point out, as we're saying, some different methods that might help. And if you need us to help you. Yeah. yeah, email me at secondsonofdonald at gmail dot com and I'll send you like you know, like step by step possibly how to like uh, maybe write this this letter to uh, them and, 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 and make a payment a tender. Tender a payment. To, you know what I mean? So that you can get your and then when they refuse it <laughs> that'll be awesome to see what happens if they refuse it. I just wanna experiment. Yeah, just send them ten dollars, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Send them ten bucks, or yeah. If they, well, nah. I'm really saying, send them a letter that says, "I promise to pay you the full amount, right?" When lawful money comes back into circulation. Well, uh, and, and I and I can do that, you know, and send them a payment. I'm sure they wouldn't refuse it, but they're gonna hold off sending the medication until I get it paid. All six hundred dollars. That's yep. that's my issue. Well, my prob- my you point know, is this: you your promissory note does not have to be backed by funds. It doesn't. I know that. No, what I'm saying is, I can send them ten dollars this month, ten dollars next month, ten dollars next month. Yeah. Make, it easy, make it easy for me to pay it off, but it's going right. to be how long? You know, ten right. ten and six hundred is sixty. That months won't happen. Yeah, that that won't happen. I, that won't happen when you issue the full payment. 
right, in a promissory note and they reject it because they don't comprehend. Or the legal team will say no because they want the cash, money, right, the legal tender, and they will basically under uniform commercial code now be sub subject to those those rules and regs and they basically kind of have to discharge that debt. And when you begin to come back at them after they make more demands and say, well, look, you should be discharging this debt right here and I should have my product right now. I should have what I need for my medical attention. And so because, because I don't, you guys are obviously not following the law. Now it's not medical malpractice, it's just negligence. Meanwhile, her eyes, her eyes are having to go through this, and this is not bad. Right, I mean, so they I, don't want to. They don't want to spend. Here's the point: they don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a fucking lawsuit, okay? And so they will give you what you want when they realize that your suit against them will cost them more than what it will cost to give you what you want. Yeah. And I wish and it I, wasn't I, something I, that was so painful. I understand what you're saying. And I fully can see how it would work with, you know, regular circumstances or a hospital bill or something of that nature. But this is an insurance company that thinks they they can play God to begin with. And right. two, they don't they don't have to deliver anything until they, the deductible is satisfied. And supposedly we know this going in. Can I you check I, and see if you can get back on your old insurance. Yeah, I really didn't have old insurance, and I didn't like the insurance company I just came out of. The insurance company I had before was under my husband when he had work, which I could have, you know, stuck with it. It was Blue Cross Blue Shield, but they're darn expensive too. Well, they're they're actually they're actually worse than what I am here. They don't have a copay. It's a co-insurance where you pay like a percentage. <laughs> but, what I'm trying to understand is how come it was only costing you two twenty two the last time you paid for it, and now they want six hundred. You had a diff- different insurance company take over, right? Is that what happened? Or I changed insurance companies because I found out the other insurance company I had to pay my full deductible. <coughs> oh. I'm sorry, I know your throat is sore, honey. Before I got any, you know, before they would pay anything. <laughs> now, uh, the the doctor bill, you know, I can go to the doctor and, and pay a coinsurance, which goes towards the deductible, but anything else like going to get this Botox, they weren't going to pay anything until the deductible is satisfied. So they just billed me for what they were charging. <laughs> but they were cheaper. But I still, it's still all coming out of my pocket before they pay anything. Uh, or now, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, go uh-huh, ahead. Uh-huh, uh, go, no, go ahead. I was going to ask a question about um, your insurance company. Uh-huh. When you said you had to pay the deductible, did not, in earlier days, your deductible was deducted as you use their insurance company? Well, that's what I... Having it all I was, up and fun? Well, and see, when I go like when I go see my primary care physician, okay, 
because uh-huh. um, I have to have someone like that to refer me to any, you know, even my this eye doctor to do this, um, to go and get a colonoscopy, to, you know, any of this stuff. You have to have someone referring you. You can't, you cannot get into these places without a doctor referring you. So I keep, you know, I keep this one doctor, I guess you could say on retainer. Um, they, I can go in there and pay, make a co-payment. You know, it's it's 30 bucks every time I go in for a visit. You know, that goes towards my deductible. And it goes, you know, I don't have to pay anything else to the doctor. Same thing with when I, per, you know, get a, a medication. I do still have that one pain medication that I'm on because it, it helps my eyes for the most part, but every place else in my body hurts too, the joints. And I think this is why this whole leaky gut thing is a probably a big issue for me. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to work on that. But the the deductible, which is two thousand dollars, is a yearly deductible. So every year it starts over and I have to pay this two thousand dollars, okay? Wow. Now there is an actual out of pocket height, which is like six thousand five hundred dollars over you know, once I reach $6,500 out of pocket, um, they pay 100% of everything. Uh, that's what we reached with my husband because, you know, you, you spend, you know, two weeks in intensive care, you're going to reach, you know, that amount really quick. And um, they started paying, you know, in fact, I... I, I I saw the bill at one point. It was like within a few days, he had reached a million dollars being in this intensive care. Oh my God! So, hey, I'm paying to die. But anyway, once I reach that sixty-five hundred dollars, they pay a hundred percent. That's wonderful. How, you know, that's great. But in the meantime, I'm paying two thousand dollars every year. And that that's if I even get the deductible satisfied. That just means I keep paying until the amounts that I'm paying, you know, get that $2,000 paid. And even if I do pay it in one year, it starts all over the next year. Right, right. See, that's Obamacare, some, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I, I think the insurance companies actually work that way. I mean, I know my husband's did, and that was before Obamacare came in, into play. Obamacare you know, is very costly um, uh, deductible. It's up in the fourteen, fifteen, seventeen hundred dollar range per year, and quote well, unquote, that, 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 for that, the it, poor it, people, bullshit. Well, fourteen hundred dollars is a cheap deductible. Trust me. Oh God. Some of them are up into the. Well, one of them I was looking into was $6,000 for a, a deductible. Oh um, the lady that does my hair, you know, cuts my hair, her her deductible is $6,000. She had told me at one time. So I was looking for a, a, a small deductible, which this company does have, you know, it's $2,000, which is basically a low deductible. 
and really $6,500 out of pocket over the span of, you know, when I'm paying into it and have this insurance company is not very bad either. But the thing is, it's the way they group stuff. Um, The, like, like I said, as I'm paying my, for any, you know, medication or whatever, which I only have the one medication. Well, actually, I don't. I, I now do some oxygen at night because I was dropping way down in the 70s when I was sleeping. And I'm going, okay, I, you know, and, I, and I'm not getting very good sleep. So it, I do find that it's helping. So the oxygen is considered a drug also. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm paying 3360 copay a month to have the oxygen, but I'm paying $112 to rent the machine that delivers my oxygen. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. And actually, the oxygen isn't even... I, I don't really know how they can really honestly charge me $33.60 a month for oxygen because what this machine does, it's called a, um, a compressor, and it takes oxygen out of the air and condenses it, gets rid of all the other stuff, and it's just pure oxygen. So this machine is, does that. I don't have an oxygen tank that I have to keep refilling. Um, so I don't know so, how they can be charging me for this drug when they're not giving me the drug. Right. I'm paying $112 a month for this condenser or con- compressor that you know, gives me the oxygen, but they're not supplying the oxygen. Are you getting now, oxygen? Have you ever had an oxygen uh, well, meter to check your oxygen in your house? I don't have an oxygen meter, no, but it does. It is making a difference. I can I can tell that because now instead of waking up every hour and a half to two hours, I'm sleeping six hours at a time. Okay. So it's making a difference. And I do actually have an oxygen tank, which just sits there, which is a backup in case I lose power, then I can still have my oxygen. But I haven't even tapped into that. But I don't, and maybe that's what they're charging me for. I don't know. I I really don't know. But at any rate, that drug area... I pay ten dollars, um, you know, for getting any drug, um, except it's thirty-three sixty with this oxygen, um, and that goes towards my deductible. If I get a preventative care, say like I, I went and had a mammogram done, which I haven't had those in like freaking years. Um, Don't get them anymore. Well, I got it. Um, they've got this new machine out now. I don't know. I I probably won't be going every year, but that was free because it's preventative. So they don't. The insurance company doesn't charge you anything if it's a preventative procedure. Yeah, right. Just like this uh, colonoscopy. It's preventative, so I'm not going to have to pay anything except for what, you know, the doctors, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I guess I'll cross that bridge come April 4th when I go in. Yeah. But Can I ask this, a question here, Arthur? Mm-hmm. How many times have you had colonoscopy? I've had it once before. And, when, and that was actually was that? that was actually from head to toe, really. So I had a colonoscopy. Upper, well, a colonoscopy and an upper GI, I think is what they call it. I had the whole thing done, not just the colon. Okay. So uh, how long ago was that? That was. It was after my husband died. It was probably in 2010 or something like that. I had it done. Because what they're finding, and the same with the mammogram, what they're finding is that by doing it often, every every year or every two years, you're actually doing more damage to your body, which the damage is causing because it's such an invasion. Mm-hmm. And uh, their scare tactics are, we'll be able to catch the cancer right away, which is a crock. Because how many people, my, the gal that I worked for, Judy, um, they saw the spot on her, on her brain and did nothing about it. They saw it and did nothing. So all this mm. money, 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 come on in and spend your money. We'll make certain you get sick. And yeah. that's the point that I, I I concern myself with for your sake because I know where you're coming from and uh, with not being able to see is very, very scary. Not being able to, to breathe is very, very scary because I've had asthma. I've been there. My eyes are not working the way they should, but I've had the cataract and the cataract operation I think does that that kind of an operation does things to your eyes anyhow. I hope you've not had a cataract operation. Call no, but my yeah, no, I haven't had a cataract operation. But my one eye doctor that does his Botox, so she can see just a very very little starting of one in my right eye. And you can um, take care of that. But, That's what Colin's learning how to do. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go to you guys before I go to her for it. But um, most of what I'm doing, like with this colonoscopy and stuff, is a what about it? Up, up, up. Yeah, it's um, it is a preventative thing as far as I with with the certain issues that I've got going on with me. Not having any success in doing a lot of this stuff, and then hearing about this leaky gut and whatnot, I'm wanting to get in there and find out what is going on. So I'm looking for for information. I'm going in there to say, okay, I want to know what's going on. It's just kind of like the same thing as what I was doing with um, the cell on a blood cell analysis i want to find mm-hmm. out what's going on in there i'm i if you find I, anything yeah. else from that well i haven't been back to see him um the last time i saw him was in june of 2015 um i tried to get in after i got back but he was he's 
he's he's been keeping booked up. So I haven't gotten a chance to get back in there to see him. I've now got my list on. I mean, he's still got enough, you know, he's still booked up, clear up till May 9th. So it'll be the one after that, which usually is in like three month increments before he gets back. So it's it's just been a process trying to get back on the list again because he's okay. got so many people going in trying. trying to get what if what if you just instead of worrying about why or what's going on in there, just just focus your energy on getting your remedy, which which does not really involve why things are going the way they are, you know, well, because I don't, I don't, I don't agree yeah. there. You can't, uh, you can't focus, your, focus. I, I want to help you, but if you take your energy and try to figure out why things are happening, right, or what's happening there, you already know what's happening. You just told us on the call. You're being denied know. certain, I'm, certain remedies. You're being charged, you know, amounts before you can get your medical uh, uh, care. And they're just depriving you of medical attention. You're a citizen of the U.S. That's wrong. Well, well the, it, it's it's not so much what you just said there as it is I need to know the source of my issues so that I know what to work on. Because I have been throwing stuff up against the wall for the past six years and nothing is holding, nothing is taking, nothing is sticking on the wall. So now I'm saying, okay, I'm going to get some tests done to see if I can find out now where this is coming from. My eyes, I don't know. that. I, I have a feeling that the issue with my eyes is going to heal up once I figure out one of the other issues. And I'm thinking the leaky gut is a big part oh. of what's going on. I wasn't and talking the, about your medical issues. Sorry about that. I thought you were talking about trying to figure out what's going on with the malpractice. Oh, I no. was going to suggest not doing that. No. And you know what's best for your body, so just pay attention and go with your gut. I mean, no pun intended, okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've, like I said, I've been throwing stuff up against the wall now for the past six years. And I've taken care of some of it because I, oh, wow, okay, I, I've dealt with that um but there's just a few things that don't seem to go away and one of them is ever since i took those two medications one of them dealing with my the loss of my husband and the other one dealing with um my doctor wanted to play uh let's try this drug you know for my blood pressure i took those two drugs and i gained a lot of weight and i it won't go away. I, no matter what I do, it does not go away. And there, there's, I know there's something wrong with my thyroid, but I, I can't, you know, I've had tests done on that. And, of course, they always come back, you know, oh, you're fine. <laughs> no, I'm not fine. There's something wrong there. Um, my high blood pressure, you know, just things that I don't consider myself sick, really. But there are some things that are annoying, like two kids making a lot of money. And did they have warnings on the on the packages for that you would gain possibly gain weight if you took this particular thing? Okay. And if yes, then you were warned that you would gain weight, and there's no room for any type of complaint. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm not saying you, but I mean legal complaint, legal complaint. Sorry. I, there's, I'm, not, I'm, not going, <laughs> I'm not going after anything legal. There's, you know, I I could have gone after legal stuff when my husband died because I think it was the doctor's fault that did it. I mean, I I really think there was a, probably a fairly decent malpractice suit there. I don't know if malpractice is the right word. I think it was more of a my wee-wee is bigger than your wee-wee type of thing between two doctors. And there, that is, you know, where these two doctors were more concerned about who was going to get to go first um, and do their surgery. I don't think the heart doctor was was fighting that hard, but I think mm-hmm. he should have. I think he should have said, "No, we need to go in yeah. and take care of his heart first, because if he doesn't make it through surgery on the heart, which." Um, Seeing what happened with my husband, he probably wouldn't have. Uh, there would have been no reason for the stomach surgery, which is what ultimately killed him because his heart became too weak after that surgery, and then he was too weak to go into for heart surgery. So, see, the doctors were, you know, playing this game that, you know, although the, the stomach doctor, hold on a second. That's, that makes sense what she's saying, you guys. That there, there probably was some malpractice there, you know, because like to 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 do a heart surgery and then have a planned stomach surgery, that that you know, like after that, when the guy's already in a frail condition. I mean, these people should have known, you know. Yeah, they huh? should have. And you know, me being the lay person out here, if I can see it, why didn't they see it? You know, right. and I'm and I'm. The doctors have invited me to come back in and talk to them if I want to, and I, I've been putting it off because I want to make sure my, my words, my attitude, everything is correct. I don't want to just go in there and start yelling and screaming, okay? I want it to be a productive thing. And just because it's six years later, well, almost seven years now, um, in June it will be seven years um, it can still be productive, but these guys gotta know that they're, you know, they've gotta stop playing these games when the patient's life is at jeopardy, and they knew his life was at jeopardy. You know, he was in a state where he could have lived a long time with the way he was going, but it was not a fun life. But he could have survived without the stomach surgery, gone into the heart surgery first and opened up some of those vessels to make his heart stronger. Um, then after that was stronger, then go into the stomach surgery. That's not what they did. Well, the stomach doctor just had to get in there and get it, you know, get his, you know, get the stomach out and, you know, make the new stomach and try and, you know, do this stuff because, you know, my husband could, you know, he wouldn't be able to eat a, a big Thanksgiving dinner, but he could eat a bologna sandwich with no problem. Hey, and it's like we were these doctors are that. inventors, man. They're awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I was making a joke. Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The doctors, they're inventors. Uh, they invent yes. these things. Okay, go ahead. Well, they're, they're also practicing medicine. Uh-huh. Just a moment. But remember, while she's taking a break, what happened to me 
as when they wanted to take my gallbladder out. I went marching back in there, and I said, what makes you think you need to take my gallbladder out? And I'm talking to a doctor and a a brand-new flunky doctor that's going to be a doctor. And they looked at me like, uh, well, it's because blah, 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 blah. And I said, but... I have hepatitis C and cirrhosis of the liver, and I'm not sure that my liver will be able to survive without my gallbladder. So I'm not sure I wanted to do this. And so then I think they decided to humor me. So they sent me clear up out of town to another doctor in Colville to have another medical procedure, and that's when they found the liver cancer. So see? And then when I went in, And then a few months later, when I went in for my first liver chemo thing, and I was registering at the front of the desk, and I said to the nurse, I said, you know, I ought to send a thank you card to Dr. Reese, because if he wouldn't have wanted to take out my gallbladder, I would have never known I had liver cancer. And she looked up at me, and she says, yes, that's right, Dr. Reese takes out everybody's gallbladder. And I just sat there in shock because I'm just about to go through chemo. But that just went right straight through my heart. And I was, oh, man, you know, that's how he makes his money, taking out your gallbladder. Today, we're going to take out your gallbladder. (laughs) It's awesome. You'll love it. That's where all my crystals are, damn it. (laughs) Just wait till we're done. It's going to be an amazing bill. Well, and, and you have to really know your doctors. Uh, there's a gal here in this uh, in Spartanburg, and her husband was having really bad heart problems, and he's passed away since. But they went; they had to go up to uh, Duke University's medical. See, she said there isn't one competent health heart man here in the city of Spartanburg wow. or the Greenville area. And it goes down to what is their specialty because they've been part departmentalized or partmentalized. Yep. They are in the part that they are only going to be good in, and that's what you have. We had doctors here in Spartanburg, and a, a gal who, who moved to Greenville, not from Spartanburg, but from Ohio, and he was trying to have me have an operation that tucked up the uterine area because I had so many children, and it's because I had so many children, I would be peeing a lot, so they needed to put this little brace in there so that I would be able to not have a peeing problem. Do you know what it was that was the real problem? My gut was too heavy with non-released feces and it was weighing on the bladder. Oh, wow. (laughs) And the girl that I talked to that I just mentioned was from Ohio never had children and she had the same operation. I put two and two together and came up with zero. And I never went back to that doctor. I won't even go to that health clinic. Because of the fact, what else would they do? Really? What else uh, will they do? I think and that's why I can't make it to the bathroom when I gotta pee. I'm full of shit. Oh, oh. my God! 
I know I've been told I'm full of shit, so I understand your <laughs> Well, this, this, this is why I want to go in for the colonoscopy. One, it's a really good uh, cleansing that you have to do to get, you know, ready for that. So I know I'll be completely cleaned out. You know what? I will though? find out what, you know, is going on there mm-hmm. and see if they can tell me, you know, if... They 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 don't call it leaky gut. They call it a permeable colon or something like that. Um, it, it's where stuff is leaking out. That's what it is. It, it's leaking yeah. out of your colon into your system. And once I get to that point, then I'm going to. I mean, I'm I'm already starting to do some of the cook cooking recipes for this leaky gut, the the paleo... All the bone stuff, yeah. Good, okay. yeah. Um, so I'm I'm starting to work with that. I'm going to ease myself into it. And then once I get um, that colonoscopy done, find out a little bit more information, then I'll see where I can go from there. I want to get, you know, that that way if I if I see when I last time I had that done, I wasn't smart enough not to go ahead and refill all that back up again. Don't eat the know? same food when you go home and right, right. Exactly, right. exactly. You know. And I love my vegetables and stuff. Um, although paleo does do meat, but you know, I I eat a lot of grains. That's my that's my nemesis. I love breads and, and stuff like that. Um, but Maybe I that's think the grains, problem. Well, I think the grains and stuff is a big part of my my joint problem. problems. The um, the pain I have with that. All but I'm I'm learning all this different stuff. So now I'm at a different level of my learning process of what to do here. And so that's where I'm, where I'm at. That's why I want to go and have these tests. So I want to find Learn. out. You know, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go and finish your sentence. Sorry. I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to talk about equitable tolling, which is basically uh, um, being able to defeat a statute of limitations through um, an equitable tolling on that statute when you uh, when you have an, a valid uh, claim like against a government agency you see and since the insurance is a is a government thing right would that be possible that you could have a claim and you would be able to trump any type of statute of limitations because of the fact that it's an Obamacare thing hello equitable well, tolling I I know it's hard for you to comprehend this because this is new stuff it's new for everyone it's well, new for me too but you know what's cool about it is I think that people can relate and you can relate to the fact that you need to not live in fear with this you know you need to live in in, in a place of wholeness so you can feel whole and complete and you're going to have a you, you have a remedy right now there's people out there that can see it you know well you I, I I understand what you're saying I'm going to mute out yeah, I I fully understand what you're saying. The the thing is, I don't know how they really look at this thing with my eyes. It's not a life and death situation. A very very painful and uncomfortable and annoying and frustrating and all. But why these, should we have to get to the point of dying before they're going to do anything for us? I know. I I understand. 
I, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but it is. So I don't and then know. They try, then they spend it. thousands and thousands of dollars trying to save your life when they know you're not going to live. So there goes more money. Well, right. also, also the fact is that that the equitable tolling actually, I think, only applies right really against uh, these government agencies when you're trying to sue the United States as well. And because a lot of these hospitals are private, right? They're going under some sort of immunity doctrine that because they know, their legal teams know that the Constitution uh, guarantees only apply to and, uh, government actions. See, And because the hospitals are mostly private, right, you're not going to have a claim against them on a tort situation. You know, it would be basically some private claim, one one person, you know, one private person to another one, and you can't sue each other really in courts. There's really no to 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 have standing to sue and be sued is an issue. You know. But yeah, that's I know that's kind of deep, but uh, I really feel like that's what's happening there. These people are private actors; they're not government, and 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 but yet they, at the same time they want to come across as under the color of law. You know what I mean? Are you guys ready for the biggest bombshell yet? Oh, I got a bombshell for you, but go ahead. I'm ready for yours. Go ahead. I, okay. I haven't even told you what I want to tell you today. To you. Blockbuster. Newt Gingrich confirms Trump Trump is not part of the secret society. He's an outsider. He's not them. He's not part of the club. He's... He's uncontrollable. He has been through the initiated rights, but he did not. Let's see. He has not been through the initiation rights. He did not belong to the secret society. And then it says, he is not in the big club, the good old boys Illuminati Freemason club, like Scalia, Bush, Hillary, Cruz, Rubio, Sanders, Bush, and Romney have already put, and they've already put a hit out on him. Okay, so... Now, Newt Gingrich has got his pecker in the ringer <laughs> by confirming this. So, just newsflash. So, he's probably got a lot of people standing around him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting exciting. <laughs> Except uh, for our medical problems, John. And I want to live through this to watch what the ending is. <laughs> so, this is our side. Yep, we all do. Uh, in a uh, life and death situation. So what what is uh, really might be of some service to you is the idea of um, really looking at your manifestation of this because what's coming down the pike is the collapse of a lot of these different kinds of issues. And I know you wanted it yesterday, so I, I, I admire your persistence, and that is what's really helpful. Mm-hmm. However, what is good for where you are is to allow yourself to let go of a lot of this stuff, and you would probably be surprised how much different that energy on it will come to you so that you're able to, um, let's try it this way. And that's, that's really where a lot of us are coming from for your sake. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Well, I've let go of a lot of stuff. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, have. I have let go of so much stuff. I've, 
I actually feel pretty good, you know. But it's these last little things, and I'm I'm now getting my focus down to where I think the main issues are. One of them is my eyes because it, it drains my energy so much that it's really challenging to try and do little things like exercise and clean my house and, you know, all these things that require physical activity that make it hard to do. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't do some of it, it's just it just has to be on my time because I can't I can't last eight hours, you know, scrubbing my walls and floors scrub my floors. True. The thing the thing that the thing that I, I love about what you're saying is like it's really bringing me to the point where I'm realizing, okay, you, in the call earlier, you said that you are, you know, you're totally with the system, right? And my point, one of my main revelations for this call and for everyone listening today has to do with the 14th Amendment, citizenship status. And you probably have been claiming government, U.S. government citizenship on your forms, I'm presuming. Yeah. And so, because of that, right, you're entitled to the 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 acts of Congress, um, you know, that benefit the 14th Amendment citizens. In my opinion, uh, that's a United States thing. It's not a state thing. There's a difference there, and that the United States and the states are separate is a truism. That's important. You know, like you're you're. You're you're in a position to basically claim to be part of the structure and and to be getting taken care of. See, but what they're doing is they're treating you like as if you're from the state, because the states actually are sovereign to the United States and the people are actually sovereign. But uh, the reason why I brought that up was because. In my opinion, since you're subscribed, right, you you get protection of the U.S. government, you know, because of the incompetent status as well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being incompetent in the system. If you know how to work the system, being incompetent can be a really good thing. That's right. Well, and and if I had the uh, what? How do I want to put this? the faith in my own self to be able to stand up and do and say what I need to say at the t- at the time I need to say it you know I get intimidated very easily when I am confronted by somebody like I can't tell you how many times my my dad you know just because the whole religion thing you know as soon as he would start talking to me I I literally could not open up my mouth it was like it was locked shut. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't think. I couldn't do anything. Um, oh, what if, uh, that you that know, sort of thing. I, if I, I you know, the, the times when I, the one a couple times, <laughs> I've thought, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna march to this courtroom and I'm gonna take myself. <laughs> that a stupid thing to do. You know, I had a that, that one speeding ticket I had. You know, it was in the middle of winter. I was going down a hill, and the you know the snow was packed, but it was plowed. Okay, it wasn't like there was 
snowbanks and all this kind of stuff. It wasn't, you know, ruts going down the middle of the street. You know, it couldn't really drive. It was all, it was all, it was snow packed, but it was all plowed. And I'm coming down this hill, and this police then pulls out in front of me. He's in an unmarked car. Okay, I didn't know it was an unmarked police car. I'm trying to figure out why this idiot just pulled out <laughs> in front of me and is slamming on their brakes, okay? Now, me with my eyes the way they are, like I said, I drive with my eyes closed. I cannot what? be traveling, okay? <laughs> Especially when they are hitting their brakes, going down a slippery hill, okay? So I just easily passed the guy, okay? I, I just went around the car. Went on my way. Next thing I know, there are these lights flashing in my rearview mirror, and I'm going, oh, fuck. Okay. Um, so I pull over, and I'm thinking, you know, this is when I was just kind of learning this stuff. Um, that was back when you still had a car, wonder. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, be cool about this, and the guy came up, and he started kind of yelling at me. He says, do you realize how long I've been, how long today I've been out watching people driving in this, you know, weather, and they're being idiots and driving too fast and blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, I don't know how long you've been out here. I just now, you know, (laughs) why would you ask me that? I have no idea how long you've been out here. Anyway... He says, well, I'm going to write you a ticket. I said, well, if you must, you know, I wasn't going to argue with it. But um, I'm going. <laughs> he was, you know, he says, well, I'm going to write you write a ticket for you. Here, move. Yeah, I'm going to finish up because you're being too noisy. Move your move that thing. Move it. Thank you. Yeah, you be quiet, too. Um, <laughs> well, they're in their playroom, and they're just really making too much noise. Anyway, so he he goes and you know writes me a ticket and comes back, and I and I was mad, of course, you know I was more mad at myself, and I didn't notice that it was an unmarked car, but there was no way I could tell it was an unmarked car for one. Right. But for him to come pull out in front of anybody on that kind of a street. And start hitting your brakes. That's aggressive. Was really stupid, as far as I'm concerned. He set you up, much, girl. Much less um, him not realizing that the person he was hitting his brakes, you know, couldn't see him. Um, you know, you need to <laughs> watch out who you're pulling out in front of. Anyway, I mean, if I'd slammed on my brakes, I would have skidded right into him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, you know, I happened to be back far enough that I could see. Okay, this is not somebody I want to be behind. Um, somebody again that doesn't know how to drive in snow, you know. So I just gently passed him. Well, after he gave me the ticket, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to fight this because this was a stupid thing. Um, and I said, you know what? Something good is going to come out of this. And he looked at me like I was insane. And he went on his way. I went on my way because I still had 80 miles to drive. (laughs) I was 
tired. I had just come from Chicago, and I still had to go clear to the west border of Illinois. Um, that was when I was living in Stronghurst. Anyway, I came, I, I went into court thinking I'm going to fight this, right? I stupid on that one. Um, first of all, I immediately, you know, answered to my name. That did me in right there. And, of course, as soon as the judge asked me, do you understand? I said, yes. <laughs> stupid number two. Um, trying to fight. And uh, the other thing that I noticed right off the bat was that, and this is where I did not know how to get the words out of my mouth. This was another intimidation thing. Besides the judge standing, sitting up there just smiling, like, boy, we got a sucker here. The police officer had a an attorney. Okay, I'm sure it was for the city or whatever. You know, I don't know if it was a state's attorney or what, but he had an attorney. And if I could have just remembered the three questions I should have asked, which I couldn't. I, I, like I said, I get intimidated. I lose my thoughts, my mouth, my... I, it, it, it's ridiculous how this happens with me. I am not good under those kinds of stress situations where I'm being confronted with stuff that I'm not fully comfortable in talking about yet. I understand them but I'm not comfortable talking about it yet. You know, I'd, we had we had just, I think, gotten through all the David Wynn Miller stuff, you know, wonder, and we went through the book and everything. So I'm I'm thinking, I, okay, I know something here, maybe not enough to really talk, but at least I know when something isn't going right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boy, did it go wrong that day. Because what they did, okay, like I said, they had an attorney for, the cop. They did not have an attorney for me. Of course, I didn't request one. I didn't think about, see, there goes my thoughts again. I didn't think about, you know, maybe I should request one since they had one. Um, considering that the judge, the cop, and the attorney are all working for the same boss, um, conflict of interest, is that one of the things, you know, who do you and work for? public pretender would have played right in with them. So then you don't have a head of a four card. <laughs> but anyway, what they did was they then proceeded, this this attorney then proceeded to pull up my entire back history of my driving record. I'm going, wait a minute, I don't think you can really do that. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but I didn't think that you could, you know, really put against me every infraction I've ever had. Um, maybe can. I don't know. But it just seemed a little weird to me. Yep, double um, And they... Uh, they... I don't know. What, I'm trying to think what... Um, I can't remember if the judge asked something or what it was. My granddaughter screaming in the background is kind of throwing me here. Um, anyway, as it turned out, instead of pay, mm-hmm. just paying a $120 speeding ticket, which the, the officer at the time, which I didn't realize was a stupid answer for me to give to him, that he was going to put it under driving too fast for conditions as opposed to driving 
He said 60 miles an hour, but I wasn't going 60 miles an hour. Um, it, it, was, it was all just so bizarre. But the thing is, instead of paying a $120 ticket, I the, the, the judge has now said, okay, well, because of all of this stuff, um, obviously you, you know, don't mind the, the driving laws or whatever, however we put it. Wow. He says, we're, we're, I'm going to, you, you can agree to a three-month probation and pay $300 and we will erase this off of your record. They can't even do that. That's so much. Well, that's, that's what they did to me. And so me being, you know, so ignorant on all of this and being flabbergasted that they were doing this to me, I figured, well, I better, you know, be quiet (laughs) before it goes higher than that. So I just agreed to it, went to the clerk, signed it, and I was on probation for, I still could drive, but I was on um, probation that they were watching me for three months, and I've had to pay a $300 fine. That, see, see, right there, they they got a sucker, and they knew it. Because, yep. first of all, he set up your situation by coming yep. out and almost causing that accident. And right. uh, that's the whole issue right there. And you weren't able to fight. You weren't able to have any recourse. The biggest right. word I learned in the court, and this is where my first case, which I stopped him for a long time, was objection. I object. I object. This is not <laughs> what happened. I object. He's being a prosecutor. I object. And our little gal up in Pennsylvania, she's a really petite little lady. She had her, an officer was manhandling her. And he was hurting her. She bit him to get his Mm. hand off of her. They Mm. took her to court. And uh, the judge was going to uh, do contempt of court on her. And she said, no, you are not. You will stop it right now. Now, this tiny little lady (laughs) told him to get his ass off it. And he did. And she walked away. She never got put into prison or time or anything. Now, when I first got into detention center, this uh, guy who was doing the fingerprinting at that time, you had to roll your fingers <laughs> on, a, on an ink pad. Remember, Patty? Yeah. I've had my fingerprints taken over a hundred times. <laughs> well, the thing here, he he put the fear of God in you. This was coercion and bullying. He said, yeah, a girl was so mad about being in here. She took her finger, her fingerprinted hands before she had um, uh, wiped them off and slapped me. But I bet he said under his breath something very nasty. Mm -hmm. Because he said it under his breath what she did. So nobody else in the place heard it. And uh, he said, she's got 15 years because they took a picture of my, her fingerprints on my cheek. But he'd probably go to her. Oh, yeah. That is an M.O. 
And that's yep. what he did to you. He was he was goading you, and the, uh, the uh, and of course we've learned so much since then, Pat uh, on how to deal with traffic tickets. But he's made you afraid of ever doing anything wrong. Yeah, well, I mean that that I was just you know bringing that up as an example as to how I just freeze. I I literally freeze. But the thing is, you know, he kept asking me, you know, with a smile on his face, is there anything else you would like to say? Yeah, let me <laughs> write it down like so say. I can hold it again. Well, it was like, go ahead, just keep, you know, sinking yourself in mud even deeper, you know? That's right. That's yeah, I could never keep my Here. big mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I. this is why I'm a... I, you know, really don't want to go into court. Um, I have been trying I, to I, invent. I would not be able to fight for myself in there. I would not be I, able to fight for myself in there because I freeze. For 40 years, I have been trying to invent a take-before-you-go-to-court pill. And I have not been successful <laughs> at all. I think we all get stressed. But at one time... The cops had taken my truck away from me. And so my attorney, Bevan, Maxie, and I went down to the courthouse to have a confrontation about this, to talk to them about this. So we get in there, and all of a sudden I realize that the three guys that are going to try this are also cops. Yep. And I looked at Bevan and I said, they're cops. And he says, it's okay, it's going to be okay. So I said, okay. So I turned around and I looked at them. And the first question out of their mouth was, uh, uh-uh, was, uh-uh. was my truck used to do something? And was I standing, was I waiting to go to court in another case up in another county, which was totally illegal? And I didn't even let Bevan ask. I said, wait a minute. You can't ask me that question. And by the time it was all done and over, Bevan just sat there and let me handle it. And I don't know how I did it, but I did get my truck back. But they, oh, man, I have fallen into these situations not knowing what to do. And there's something that happens to me, you know. And I come up with the most ridiculous story that they'll believe. And I've had three detectives tell me that I would would have been one of the finest detectives Spokane ever would have had. And I just go, that's because you guys are so stupid. Yep. <laughs> but I don't want to be a bad guy. I'm a good guy. You know? Yep, that's exactly the point that you're raising, is you contested what they were trying to build against you. That's exactly the kind of case where they said I was in Impersonating. Impersonating what? Where's the the noun here? And um, they that's why when we learned the uh, quantum, it was so valuable because the quantum caught them in their lies that they were putting out against other people and what showed their weakness and frightened them so badly that someone actually was here in town and knew how to do that. I am so proud of you. Well, and but this is the thing that's so valuable that all of us have learned with going through the the quantum stuff 
is your word knowledge. If you're not really learning your word knowledge, it's a loss. You've lost that, that skill. It's a great skill. And whether you fully understand it or not, what you're getting is tying them in knots because they can't fight you. But what Donald's son has learned is the fact that so much of our statutes and what Rod Class has found, that they are all administration. When you're administration, all they can hear is, is do is just hear the case. They can't really decide on it. That's all administration is. And, and the fact that they're doing this bullying and this chronic ability to make certain nobody gets uh, satisfaction is really the uh, cruelty. What they're doing is they have prerequisites for um, judicial review. Okay. So there's three, three prerequisites for judicial review. And finality and ripeness are the two of them that very rarely... People, people don't think about it. People just think, oh, I have to exhaust my administrative remedies, you know, yada, yada. So that's, that's really the big, the big trap, I think, for people. How that goes by, it's just so loud. Okay, go ahead if it's gone by. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in in a second. Give me, like, uh, five minutes. What are you saying with the administrative remedy? He found the paperwork that actually shows that, oh, if they exhaust it, maybe they can't go ahead with anything. There's no case. Is that not right, um, Donaldson? Those trains are so Right. No, I'm here now. I'm just basically saying, yeah, there's... You have to exhaust administrative remedies. They will not hear judicial uh, questions, you know, uh, in an administrative board. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Just give me a second, okay? Oh, my God. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I am ever so grateful that my father was an English major. The thing I dislike about Lauren Taylor the most is the most beautiful thing that was in my father. Wow, what a brain fart this is. That's great. Yeah. And I knew what to say because I had to talk proper at home, you know. <laughs> but see, that, because that's what made you articulate. Because you had vocabulary. Most people's vocabulary is F, U, hell, damn, all the rest of them. That's, what did they say? Nada. Not a thing that's uh, that's usable, and this is what um, Donaldson's looking at, and this is what we're doing in NLA. You've got to get educated. Go ahead. In Orca, I'm going to tell you, by my going over and over, this stuff is the only way I've learned it. And when you're only getting a hop, skip, and a jump every once in a while, it it you're not getting. Wonder Ann. Wonder Ann. Would one of those healing pens help Orba's eye? Oh, it's too noisy. Um, my bad. Okay, go ahead, Donaldson. Okay, so basically the administrative. 
I called IDOR, which is Iowa Department of Revenue, because I was trying to help someone I was in contact with and uh, figure out. I didn't really understand. He already knew, apparently, that the IDOR, which is in Iowa Department of Revenue, was actually an administrative body, an administrative agency. And, and so they're not, they're not, they're not private. They are, they are definitely treated, you know, under the Administrative Procedures Act. And in order to get judicial review, right, you have to meet certain uh, prerequisites. So a lot of people come in and they want to jump straight into judicial review without understanding that the whole purpose for administrative exhaustion is to save the court, save basically time and money, because uh, there's kind of not any money really in the system, but um, when, so yeah, you have to exhaust your, your administrative remedies. They make it so almost impossible, you know, but ripeness, if you have a case that's ripe for judicial review, then chances are they they made a final decree regarding your um, you know your position there. What's going what's going on with your order? They made a final order that would basically determine whether or not you would or would not be injured. So therefore, if you're going to be injured because of the final decree, now you've met that one prerequisite of finality. You see. So once you get final determination, then you get ripeness, and then you also get uh, you're you're closer to judicial review and getting an actual adjudication rather than you know sitting in front of like you know a board that has a a, a rulemaking body there just making sure that all the rules are being followed, you know. Go back to that accordion. I was doing the polka. <laughs> I heard an accordion. Coming, yeah, I, yeah. I was coming out of the BART station train station, and there was a guy with his dog. So the dog always stays out there on the carpet. He has a little carpet for the dog to lay on. It's a cute little dog. Well, it's not little, but it's like a an average size, like a mutt, basically. And he just lays there while the guy plays accordion. <laughs> it's funny. The the guy is uh, always making money. He's been here for years. Wow. So just accordion in the morning, fun times. But um, I don't know if this was relevant at all to what you guys were were saying. But here's one interesting thing that you might want to remember that I learned recently too, and is that this whole entire administrative procedures and all of this uh, agency stuff. Is a is a federalist thing, issue thing, and it's not really a an issue of um, common law, you know. Which so that's a, that's kind of important too. And then the other the last thing in closing, so you guys can comment, is uh, this this quote here from a case, okay, called uh, uh, Jones versus Temer in 1993 where the ju judge or the court found that the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment protects very few rights. To, and the guy says, to my knowledge, in the history of the United States Supreme Court, only one decision determines that a state violated this provision, and that decision was overruled within a few years. It was Colgate versus Harvey, 
overruled in Madden v. Commonwealth, right? And it says that the Supreme Court held that this clause, right, neither incorporates the Bill of Rights, the 14th Amendment, guys, neither incorporates the Bill of Rights nor protects all rights of individual citizens. Rather, the provision protects only those rights particular to being a citizen of the United States. It does not protect those rights which relate to state citizenship. Um, as a court of this district noted, the argument that the clause creates a substantive right to pursue one's lawful occupation or profession free from state limitations was laid to rest long, uh, long, long ago by this other case. But I guess the point I was trying to make was, yeah, about this administrative procedure stuff, I think that's all 14th Amendment stuff, you know? I mean, I'm still doing my research, and I'll let you know more as I, as I come across it. But some of the information that I managed to come across has been given to Rod Class. So a, a lot of what I've been doing is someone sent me a whole entire caseload of like at least 30 cases that have to do with citizenship. So that's what I went and did yesterday was look up these old statutes having to do with citizenship and totally became alerted to this, this thing that's happened where the 14th Amendment only applies to, you know, incompetence, okay, and also to, to freed slaves, okay? And that they're trying, they, but by the 14th Amendment passage, it superseded the, the Scott case, the Dred Scott case, which actually created the, in a sense, through case law, created this separate class of persons. So my question is to Orpha, with regard to the medical issue, how can, what class of person are you being classified as in their system? And are your rights protected? You know what I'm saying? And this, this is, <sighs> go ahead. I would have no idea because how would I mean how often do you go in and ask the doctor well are you classifying me as a U.S. citizen or somebody else I'm sure they're classifying me as a U.S. citizen otherwise they'd be asking me what you know for my green card or something and that's uh, my point uh, if you are classified as a state citizen then you might not get the uh, private protection you see what i'm saying the private protection it will not be there for you so then how do you in, find that out <laughs> i mean how do you find on that your, out i mean on your application at the time you fill out the application at your doctor's office ask the receptionist see can i see your basic form if I was a new patient. I just wanted to check something that I've been thinking about. And look on it, and then if it says, check U.S. citizen, uh, Y, uh, and, and do all the other profiling, that's where you're, you're being treated the way you're being treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but any of those forms that I've ever seen like that, never have I ever seen or as of your statement. Almost all applications have it. The driver's license had it. Uh, That's my point. The, sorry about that, but they are... Yeah. They're trying to... See, you come in there thinking you're a citizen of the state, but they have you in there as a U.S. citizen. So they're treating you as a citizen of the state, which doesn't have any rights protected by the U.S., the Bill of Rights. 
no rights in the So they, they have you listed as a U.S. citizen, but they're treating you like a state citizen. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it, because you're bene- and, and because you it only applies for your scenario, not other people's. This is private. This is for you only. It's like the fucking oracle here, okay? But the oracle said that what was for Neo was only for him, right? And the information here is just for you, Orpha, that the state citizenship does not apply because you haven't filled out the forms to reflect that. Makes it makes a lot of sense as to as to why you're not getting your remedy because once you find out that you are on there as a U.S. citizen making that claim for that purpose, now you can enforce those contract rights and remedies. When if you were to claim state citizenship, you may not be able to incorporate specific remedies that were offered under federal law. And see, you're doing Obamacare. That's federal. Right. Right. And you look well, at I know I got my insurance through the marketplace, which is Obamacare. Um, and that's federal. Which I didn't even know it was Obamacare until after I already signed up for it. I'm going, crap. <laughs> well, see, that's false advertising also. Well, I don't know that they were false advertising it to me. I was just trying to find anything that was cheap enough for me to get it at the time that because otherwise I was I realized how much fines I was going to be paying for not having insurance they don't have nobody to go out and collect these fines oh yeah that's what yes they do (laughs) you know how they got it out of me they they kept it out of my refund I didn't even get it oh that's right I forgot about that they do collect it out of your... And they can do it any way they want. You know, they did that to Bruce and then had to send him back $70 because they took too much out. Yeah. They get away with that. I'm just saying... You know what's interesting? is If you wait, if you wait to get your help from these hospitals in order to do all these administrative things that they want you to do, you know, or whatever, like pay, um... Then, then that's a futile thing, right? You, it's going to be futile to wait because you'll be injured, right? So you should, you know, what you can do is instead of going, you should address the agency board over the hospital and let them know that you are a U.S. citizen and under public law, right? You're, you're, you're going to basically send them, you know, your the payment, and what they do with it is up to them. Regarding whatever payment they're asking, and take it moment. Each time, payment by payment, if they ask you for some money, be like, boom, I'm a U.S. citizen. What does the form say that I filled out? Does it say U.S. citizen? If yes, then please, please see, you know, public law uh, 7310, which would reflect that no one could demand one form of coin or currency of the United States from you. They can't demand one type of coin or currency. See, that's that's the key. People are thinking, oh, there's no lawful money. Well, there is, but the, the issue is, is that these people are demanding only one type of coin or currency from you, and they want Federal Reserve notes. You know? Yes. But, but when you give them, and that's a violation of public policy. So when you give them a negotiable instrument, which is a promissory note, 
what's going to happen is, under public law, because of your citizenship status for that instance, right, they will be forced to tell you no thank you to that and probably refuse your payment. But then the Uniform Commercial Code comes into play to protect the rights of the private citizens and also the corporations as well in all the states. Because Congress has inherent jurisdiction over interstate commerce. <laughs> I know it's complicated, but <laughs> I mean, it's and, totally and there's doable. there's no way I'm going to be going into the doctor's office trying to verbalize that. I, I, it won't come out of my mouth right. And yes, you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to. It's just I think Wonder would agree that you we would you would have to literally just you know write the promissory note, send them the payment. And when they argue with you in writing, you know, you would then begin to, you know, litigate against them in a private capacity. And that, that in a sense, is kind of an exhaustive remedy there. You see, you're, ta- you're, you're going to be communicating with these people in writing, which is more powerful than speaking. And you'll be able to actually have a, a record, which is basically what these administrative courts work off of, or the record. You know, so talking all just get that out of your head. You don't need to speak to these people with your mouth. You know what I'm saying, love? I've, I've, I, I'm hearing you, but I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm not at a point where I can put it all together enough to work yeah. for me. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. I would have to have somebody like you in my back pocket. <laughs> I would well, I dangle you, you on my good... keychain and put you out there where you're the little bobblehead guy speaking for me. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what I always say. I always say I live where I'm at. You know, so if I'm in your back pocket, that's where I'm living, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. I need you know. People like you, you are very verbal and the information about it. And you can talk your way. You can, you know, you can say what it is that you need to be saying because you understand all this stuff. I don't understand it to the point. I don't understand it enough to be able to use it for myself. Um, I, I, I freeze. It and nothing. Don't focus on that. You have a group of people that are in the same energy field. Yeah. And and so don't need to focus on that. But I still have to confront these people. What were you going to say, Wonder? No, no, no. It, uh, just for the sake of uh, what you're saying about freezing, when I had, I had the same problem. And what, what I have found, when I stopped making it personal and knew I was helping other people learn things is when I got out of that mind freeze. And I still didn't know all that I needed to know, and I got better at it. Well, I'm better at, at standing up for somebody else than I am myself. Well, it's, that's, it's, it's well, my personal area that I have a problem defending, geez. I guess. Yeah, well, you guys, I, guess what? I will take donations, okay? And uh, <laughs> if you want, check it out. I will take donations, and I will also be your attorney. In in in, in fact, through power of attorney, and I can uh, you know like sign your name, you know, and do like for certain things or whatnot, you know, and that's legal. That's totally legal. 
And I, I, I may use you for this whole other thing, which I didn't tell you what I, you know, found out when I went to the bankruptcy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to see the bankruptcy lawyer. I had my free, you know, consultation. And I, I'm trying to think of which bankruptcy... I mean, Chapter 13 wouldn't have worked for me. I mean, I could go in there and write this one up and whatever else I wanted to put in there, and they can't come back and say, well, we want to keep our claim with you. He said they can't do that. They can't. But what they can do, and he said it doesn't mean that they will, but what they can do is come back at you for fraud. Fraud? He said, yeah, uh, that I was, you know, if they have anything that, say, like, maybe I signed a check to myself of mom's checks, okay? And so I never did that. He said, well, then they, they, they wouldn't be able to, you know, use that. But he says since you don't know what they're saying that they have, because they, they've never turned over anything. Correct. Letting us know what they have against me, that they're claiming $17,000 I owed of the estate. Mm-hmm. And although the 10000 that my husband and I put into the estate doesn't count towards that. <laughs> Idiots. Anyway, um... He said that what would happen is if they did then claim fraud, that you fraudulently, you know, did something against your mother-in-law, they they can then take you to court and basically now you're back in the same situation you're in right now. And trying to fight this, your money, you know, you're, you're having to pay for lawyer fees because, you know... He said, but if they didn't come, if they didn't come back, what? I'm hungry. I don't want any more carrots. He's backwards. We're in the pantry. <laughs> She's a take, take charge gal, you know. What did she say? She says, I don't want no more carrots. I want the cheese crackers in the pantry. Go get them. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I was better than a sucker. <laughs> oh, they're here. Come back here. No one told you to open up the gate. No one told you to open up the gate. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Anyway, he said, in that sense, you would be in the same situation you're in right now, dealing with lawyers having to fight in court and all this, you know, going through discovery and all that stuff again. You guys sit down in your chairs if you're getting this. Blaze, you want one? Okay. Um, Blaze. <laughs> um, but he said, I mean, if they didn't come after you, he said basically you'd pay $1,200 and you're done. It would go away. There's nothing they could do. You've come back at them um, on a, you know, more of a, uh, offense instead of defense type of thing. 
and it would all be good. But if they did come back with you on the fraud, now you have to pay me to go in there and defend you on the bankruptcy issue for fraud. You so you can't that, call their bluff. That's got one minute left on my phone. Isn't it fraud for them to say that they have a court and that they have some somehow doing a court, but when they're actually an administrative agency and, and they have only agency boards? You know, it's like fraud to like let us think that it's they have courts underway. You know, under in session. I I don't understand that. It's a judicial court. In other words, there's like the supreme the the supreme judicial court of the United States is something different from the supreme court of the United States. Okay, but I I don't know how they're claiming a court thing right now. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's all good. Yo, court. Court is the body of language, and we will talk to you guys later. Ho, pono, 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 big hugs, all going out. Much love and much hugs and kisses. Love you, Donald. Thank you. Thank you for all your good luck. Good luck, and uh, it's all entertainment. Just be entertained. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Take care. We're playing. We're not praying. We're playing. Yeah. But anyway, he's um, my my lawyer, the one that was has been. You know, the one that decided to drop me. I went down and talked to him afterwards, and, and he said, he said, I, he says, I can't see these people coming back at you for fraud. He says, because they're idiots. <laughs> they are total idiots. He said, I do not see them doing that. My other option from the bankruptcy lawyer was to just let it hang out there. Make them sue me for, um, I I forget the term he used, but it was make them have to actually put in writing and sue me for this money, the actual money. Because they'll have to prove that it's theirs. That's, That's right. They would have to prove that they have that as an issue, I mean a, a physical <laughs> issue. And it's not there. This is why I can kind of pull their bluff, but I don't know, or call their bluff, but I don't know what they think they're going off of. Because I never fraudulently did anything towards mom. I never, she may have had me fill out checks, but she always signed them. Even when she had a stroke, it was hard to read her signature, but she did it, you know. And she was very adamant about that. I don't know if she knew that that was, you know, best way forever. Yeah, protecting me, protecting anybody else. Because there was a lady that used to come in and write out the checks for all of her bills. Once I wasn't there anymore every day, she would come in and help mom write out the checks. But mom always signed them. So... You know, they're not. You have no idea what they're what they're what they're calling. No. I have no idea what they're what they're looking at. Well, I I I I can guess. You know, over the years, ever since you know 1977, when my husband and I got together, clear to when she, you know, and he passed away. Well, when she passed away, basically, Mike and I did a lot of things for Mom. Free. Uh, we would we would go up. There, I mean, the biggest thing was we picked up his older sister who was mentally challenged and would take her to see her mom and dad. And we would go up there every other weekend to do this. 
Now, you're talking an 80-mile trip one way. Um, at, at the at the minimum, except for when they lived down here closer to us, you know, a couple miles down the street, we moved into a house close to them um, to bring, you know, so that I could help mom out. And then they, about a year, year at the most, two later, they moved clear to Stronghurst. But even still when they were living two miles down the street from us, Mike and I would go into Peoria, 40 miles away, and pick his sister up and bring her back to mom and dad's, okay? I would, you know, when mom got her keys taken away because she she had narcolepsy, I was driving her places. I was taking her places. I was the first one she asked if I wanted, if we me and her son wanted her house. Me. It wasn't Mike that she asked first. She asked me. And I mentioned that. I said, Mom, have you asked Mike this? She goes, no, I'm asking you. Because I know my daughters don't want to have anything to do with it. So I'm asking you, would you want my house? Because I know that you would take care of it. And um, I mean that her daughter, her own daughters called her house a piece of trash. It wasn't. I mean, that was just their attitude, and you know, then then they wonder why you know mom gave it to us. But it's just you know that's a lot of petty stuff. But the thing is, Mike and I did a lot of things. We we did things with them. We went places with them. We we played you know dominoes with them. We had you know just we had a life with them. Well, see, if you use and, that to defend yourself, what are they going to, you know, one little thing that they bring up, and it's a, it's probably one of those things that it's your word against mine, you know? I wouldn't be afraid well, at all. Or I, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid in the sense of being afraid, okay? I, these people don't scare me. It's, it's just thing. that, yeah, because they have enough money to keep this going on in courts and paying lawyers for a long, long time. I don't. My son purposely put me in this situation where I'm renting from him. My car is paid off. Um, I don't own anything except for my car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's it. They don't. And, and my but dog. isn't it horrible what the older people have to do to protect themselves? I know. You know, this is ridiculous. My aunt put her house in my grandmother's name, and I don't know how it all played out, but by the time it was all over with, my grandmother ended up with five houses and her two daughters died. None of us got anything except one cousin that got a boyfriend who was a lawyer, and they got everything except for there's no oil coming out of the wells yet, and there's five oil wells, you know. <laughs> Aren't, we are all seeing the, the thing about family right now, you know, but I think it's over. I think by the next in the next few days, we aren't even going to have to worry about courtrooms. They're going to push that pulse, and we're all going to wake up and go, What's a courtroom? <laughs> okay, I'm hoping. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm. This fighting amongst this, family this, has got this. to end. And peoples and everything. It's just ridiculous. 
Well, I have distanced myself from a lot of what's going on purposely because I don't want to be involved with it. I don't want to participate in it. I don't want to hear about it. And what 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 is it going to do for me to know that it's all going on anyway? I know it's going on out there, but I don't need to hear about it day after day after day after day, hour after hour after hour. I don't have to do that. I got rid of TV for that reason. And I would much rather be uh, surprised in the sense that, well, if somebody all of a sudden came rushing through my door to, you know, rob me or something because they're they're claiming, you know, militia rights or whatever. What am I going to do? You know, I couldn't have done anything knowing if it was happening to begin with, so <laughs> why worry about it up until that point? I don't know. I'm just taking a lackadaisical attitude towards it, I guess. And maybe that's the, the attitude I need to take against my in-laws, you know. Just let them... I mean, I can't... What I'm trying to find out is if I do go ahead and declare the bankruptcy, and if they do decide to go after me with fraud, can I either back out of the bankruptcy or just get rid of it at that point somehow? That I don't know yet. Um, it's just it, it it to me it's a no win situation really, or or to look at it as a win win situation. You know, if I just let it hang out there, it's her that's running up her lawyer fees because my my lawyer now has is is no longer on my payroll. Okay, I'm gonna pay him. Not yet, and I and I'm, I'm not going to to send him anything on it. Huh? And they will send, tell him not to send any letter, no, at all about him resigning, because what they will do, they'll activate them because they they see you. Oh my God, she's out of the throes of being uh, squashed for paying more money, and that's what vindictiveness is about. You've got to pay more money. We want more money from you. But if they don't know, your lawyer has said, you know, this is useless, and I'm not, I'm not doing you any service because of their, their continued fraudulent actions, then uh, they will very much not, uh, they will do some action. Let them build up their lawyer fee. Well, I, I mean, basically, that's what I'm doing right now. However, I think they will eventually know because he has to fill out papers and send them to the courts asking to be removed as my lawyer. Correct, but tell him to delay it as long as he possibly can. So I'm going to be talking to him, so I, I'll ask him about that. But the minute he sends those papers to her lawyer, All over they're going to know. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna know. And if they're all over me, fine. There's no more blood in this turn up, you know? And there's nothing that they can take from me. They've taken it all. I mean they vowed to break me. They've they've 
done it, although they don't realize that I'm still very comfortable where I am because I am happy where I am. And they, you know, that might be just enough to make, you know, piss them off. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't you know. know. That, you know, if, if, if I'm if I'm happy, that's what's upsetting them. They don't want me happy. They don't want me to have anything. They don't want it, but they don't want me to have it either. Correct. That was the Correct. thing with the house. So, what whatever it is that they choose to do at this point is really kind of moot. You know because. They're, they can't they can't hurt me. Correct. They can't hurt me because I am unhurtable at this point. But well, it does thing, hurt. Well, well, it's it's. But it's, financially, it's they can't touch you. It's sad. Yeah. That's what it is. But they have to go to these extremes and these lengths to do what they think they have to do because. Um. They think they have to do it. You know, it's like, get a life. You know, they don't want me in their life. Fine, I'm ready to back out, but let me go. You're the one hanging on to the apron strings, not me. Cut this umbilical cord and let me go. Well, you know, that, have you ever done that that, uh, big scissors thing that I told you to do a long time ago? That you, 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 first of all, beat the hell out of a pillow when the kids aren't there at home. Yeah, right. And you get all that anger out of you. And, not... and, and then you take a giant scissors because there are strings attached to you, emotional strings attached to you, and they're going to pull them anytime they want to. But if you snip them with these giant scissors, it's all it's all in your in your mind that you do it. I have done this, and I gotta tell you, I am left alone. I oh, am left scissor left. hands. Well, I think my well, strings keep growing back. What? I think my strings keep growing back because <laughs> only because you bring it back. Well, up. well, first of all, I mean I. That it, it it took me a while to wrap my head around this when Steve first mentioned it to me, you know, because I was really angry about it before I, you know, thought about letting the house go. But he said, Orpha, have you ever thought about just letting the house go? Let it go back to them. Now, first that made me angry, you know, because I'm trying to fight for this house to, you know, give it to my kids, whatever. And so it took me a long time to wrap my head around it. But once I did, out came the scissors and I snipped those strings and I felt so good when I finally came to the decision to let that house go. I remember it. And then then after, you know, I finally came to that decision, then I finally actually, you know, did it. You know, got my stuff, got what I wanted actually, and gave him the keys and cut the strings again. That's right. And so now this is where it's, I mean, we're talking, my my mother-in-law will have been dead seven years next month. Isn't that awesome? 
My husband will have been dead seven years come June. Mm-hmm. And this is still not settled. That might be your blockage, too. You know, they've been choking the living shit out of you for seven years. That That's you know, true, Patty. That may be a very good point. Yeah, well, I, I know it's a blockage in there. I I'm I keep trying to figure out how in the world I can totally let it go, but as long as they're, you know, sneaky snakes around the corner, it's very challenging to completely let it totally, totally go. But I have cut the strings, but it, like I said, they keep growing back. Right now, I mean, they're they're just not doing anything. It's just hanging there. And this is where I'm wondering, maybe I should just leave it there. Yeah. You know, just, just let it be there. Don't worry about it. If they come up with something, then I'll address it again when it happens. But so far, they're not doing anything. Well, and thing, uh, the, I guess, their husbands may be saying, drop it, let it go. So you well, because remember you were doing the ho-ho-pono on yourself for the forgiveness of yourself and all the rest of this stuff, i got to tell you, it works powerfully. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it does. And we don't want to pay any more of these legal fees. Leave it alone. Well, well, one of the husbands is filthy rich. I mean, they're the ones that the other sister said, we'll use Becky's money to break you. And... <clears throat> They have the money to do it. Um, I what they don't realize is that I have You're not already broken. Well, I don't like to look at myself as being broken, but I mean, I'm broken. Right, I'm, I'm saying it in a no, good I, way. I I know. I'm I'm. What I'm saying is what they don't realize is that I've got myself into a position where I'm I'm fine with it. They can't take anything else from me. Mm -hmm. They can't do anything else to me. Mm -hmm. So why am I worried about it? I was just wanting to get rid of this. I mean, when my my lawyer brought it all back up again, when my lawyer said he was going to drop me as a client, I'm going, oh, no, what am I going to do now? But (laughs) I haven't been doing anything for seven years, so... Why work that, you know? Yeah. Once yeah. I came to terms with that, I'm going, we haven't been doing anything anyway, so what difference does it make? Oh, well, what if they come back at me, you know? What am I going to do? What am I going to go to court? Blah, blah, blah. See, I still got that, that enough of the embers burning that I can restart the flame again. And I, I'm trying to, you know, get rid of that. But I am seeing now that once I, you know, if I can just, totally be okay with, you know, just letting it hang out there, mm-hmm. which I haven't been all along, you know, comfortable with that. Um, but I think I can probably do that now. Well, I think because, oh, I had a lawyer there to to, to protect me, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, I it was... It was too much in limbo, and so I'm hanging in limbo trying to figure out which way am I going, hell or hell, you know, heaven. And 
now that I'm out of limbo, I can choose where I want to go and stay there. I choose heaven, so to speak. (laughs) Well, what about purgatory? Why do I want to go to purgatory? What's the difference between limbo and purgatory, Arthur? Do you know? Purgatory, as far as I know, is hell. No. Here's the difference between purgatory and limbo. Purgatory is where you go if you don't go to heaven or hell. Limbo is for innocent children's souls that die before they're seven years old or six years old or something. Well, that's where I want to go. <laughs> well, you're too old for limbo. Who <laughs> says? I'm. I'm. In, I'm dealing I mean, with this, the is, child. this is the Catholic I, coming out of me. I, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm dealing with the child within, so I can okay. be whatever age I want. That's right, anyway, and I'm a recovering Catholic, and you're helping me. I'm back to five years old well, again. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, a non-recovering Mormon. Why would you want to be a recovering Catholic? Anyway. I'd rather be a recovering Catholic than a recovering Mormon. At least we didn't bring grasshoppers and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> Why are you saying it? <laughs> because when the when the Mormons set off across the desert and stuff, and you know they had the plagues and all that stuff. I don't know. Remember, they weren't the only ones that were sick and had plagues. I me. don't know, but that's how we were taught that it was. You know, we were all taught each religion was responsible for something. You know, we're all jumbled up. There well, is no religion wh- whatever it is, I'm not a recovering Mormon. I'm not a recovering anything. I'm perfectly happy with where I am. My son has done a wonderful job in helping me be, you know, comfortable with where I am. He, he's helping me to be in a place where they can't do anything to me. Mm-hmm. He's happy with me letting the house go and and them too. You know, so... I've got I've got a support group, you know. I don't need I don't need them like they apparently need me. And I think if I um, you know, as long as I was feeding into that, mm-hmm. then they just keep it going and keep it going. Remember it, and I I've said this so often. I don't even know why I haven't taken my own advice, but. It takes two to tango. If I'm not out there on the dance floor, they ain't got nobody to dance with. That's right. So I'm, you know, I don't need to spend any more money on this. I don't need to spend any more time. I don't need to spend any more heartache, headache, or backache. And I don't need to spend any more time on them. What if we don't ask you any more about the, the... the uh, challenge you've been going through. Would that I, also give you credibility on your... Oh, I don't have to face that. I, what is that? I don't, I don't think that that would really make a difference because I'm a strong enough person or being whatever. I still don't know what is the correct word to use anymore on most of the stuff. But, you know, I'm strong enough to... That's not going to hurl me backwards, okay? I'm fine. I'm, you know, as I go through this whole process, I'm getting stronger and stronger to where I can stand up to them, you know. And it doesn't, it doesn't. 
um, make it worse for me if you guys ask. Um, actually, it, it sometimes makes it better because, like I said, you guys are a sounding board for me. You're you're a place where I can vent. You're a place where I can be safe, and you're you're people that I can trust and confide in. You know, so it doesn't you know it it doesn't help to hold things in. And if I didn't have you guys to talk to about it, that's what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. So, no, not necessarily. You know, maybe not every single Friday just to be talking about it, but. If there's, I mean, if there's something that, you know, has changed or something, I'll probably bring it up anyway, just to vent. But, um, you know, you don't have to walk on eggshells around me, let it put it that way. I kind of got the feeling that's kind of what you were wanting to know, huh? Right. Uh, We haven't been walking on eggshells. It's just sometimes the re-stimulation comes in different forms. Yeah. And that's... Kind of where I'm going. Yeah, and I and I fully understand that, and that I I understand why you asked it. Um, because actually before, you know, at the very beginning of all this, it did throw me into an anger, you know, mm-hmm. emotion. But it's not doing that to me anymore especially since I've met with this bankruptcy lawyer now, and now I'm able to actually come to terms with, okay, this is now my decision on what I need to do. It's not reliant on what they're doing. It's not reliant on what anybody else is doing, but what I want to do. I can file for bankruptcy and take my chances, or I can let it hang out there and force them into doing something. Mm Mm-hmm. And whatever that something is, you know, if they choose to go after me for something, then they're going to reveal their hand. Then I'll know, okay, is this, you know, I mean, I could probably then at that point file bankruptcy and blindside them. Right now, they're just going to know that my lawyer has dropped the case. And they're going to know that, okay, now she's out there just hanging by herself, you know. And it, and it may, you know, force their hand to do something. And if it, is, if it does, then I will have a better idea as to what it is that they've, they say they've got. But I have a feeling what they've done is, and this is what I started to say before, you know, we used to do a lot of things for mom. Um, is that they've seen, you know, that she's probably written checks to us or something or whatever, and they're assuming that all those are loans. And they weren't. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, in fact, no. In fact, um, one of the things that, you know, mom did was buy her son a lawnmower, $2,500. And one of his sisters at the time was still in the mom's bank account um, from when she had, you know, 
a financial proxy, uh, you know, power of attorney, when mom had her stroke. And she stayed in getting in mom's bank account and watching what mom was doing. And that really, when mom found out, when, when her daughter called her up and screamed at her as to why she was giving Mike $2,500, and she's going, well, how do you know I gave that to him? And and she said, well, because I saw it come through your bank account. And she goes, what are you doing on my bank account? Well, what are you doing giving Mike money? And And mom was Man. She called the bank and took her daughter off of her. She didn't realize that her daughter was still in there. Yeah. Watching well, her daughter her. wasn't honest enough to take right. herself off it. That's right. And so it's hard telling what she's seen and and taken out of context. Right. Taken, you know, whatever way she wanted to look at it. Correct. And now trying to you know, now that there's no more blood, um, you know, on my side, like my husband (laughs) or mom, you know, now they think that they've got free reign to go after me for whatever they choose. And and one Uh, of the things that that you have in your arsenal is the fact, prove it. Show me that, that that money was a loan. Show me the loan papers. There you go. There's there's no and I and I told my lawyer at one point I said there actually was one time that I did take a loan from mom. I said, but I paid it back. In fact I didn't even realize that I had paid it back until I went to give her another four hundred dollar check and she says, What's that for? I said, It's money I owe you. She goes, You already paid it back. You've paid it. You've made your you know you fulfilled your agreement. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I, I mentioned that. I said, well, they might look at that and see the, or think that everything else is a loan. He says, actually, that would be a good way for you to prove. See, that was a loan. I paid it back. None of these others are. See, that's my point. They yeah. have to show the contract. If they right. cannot show it, they have nada. Well, there's not even a there wasn't even a contract, a written contract for the loan that I did agree to. Right. No, so you're free and clear. So there, yeah, there is no no written contract of anything that they could show that says that I have any kind of a loan with mom. And I have people to back me on that. The lady that helped mom pay her bills said that she would, you know, verify that. I had no loans with mom. Good, Good. so let's so make alive. big balloons and let it go this weekend yeah. with you. <laughs> all right? We'll all blow up balloons and we'll all let it go and go. screw them. This is happening to my friend Misty. Her in-laws were planning to take the daughter away from her before things started. I didn't realize this. And now that I've looked at the case and she's looked at the case, she's going to contact the police department today and turn them in for kidnapping because that's exactly what was done. And then they drug her to court and kept the daughter. All she was trying to do is file a protection order against her ex because he was 
stalking her, gaslighting her, trying to get her to have sex with him while he's with another woman. So, you know, it's going on to everybody. And it's just, and it's family stuff. Thank God my parents are dead. And my family doesn't speak to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's amazing how the, how the death thing, you know, this is one thing that I always thought was amazing um, with my family, which totally baffles me that this is going on with my in-laws, you know. That, mm-hmm. I mean, when we've had a death in the family, which the same year my mother-in-law and my husband passed away, my brother passed away also. And that was, you know, challenging in itself. I couldn't even go out to his funeral because my husband was so sick. But it brought our family closer together. None of us were fighting and arguing with each other. None of us were, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. You know, it's like it it didn't happen. And I'm trying to figure out why... I, well, at least I know it's possible not to have to fight with each other, but why does this other stuff have to be going on with my in-laws? It just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, you know, I'm Anna. Thank you. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just going to, you know, let it ride, let it do whatever it has to do to just let me be at peace. I'm I don't need them to to love me. I think it's their loss. Um but if that's the way they want it then just let me go. Well you one know. of the things I'd like to see if you can get is the lady that was writing out the check if you can ask her to write out an affidavit of what she recalls of all that went on. Well, if it comes to that, I will, because I know she'll write it out. She was one of mom's best friends. I'm saying now because oh. of the fact you never know what's going to happen. Well, that's true. Actually, that's the same year that my my brother, my mother-in-law, and my husband passed away, right prior to all of that happening, this lady had, I think it was five, I think it was five family members get killed in a car crash. Oh, wow. It was horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, It doesn't, you know, you never know. And I may do that just because now that I am at this point, where we're looking at possible bankruptcy, um, which basically this is the only thing I have to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I declared, we declared bankruptcy like, oh, hundreds of years ago, I think. You know, my husband and I, and I swear I'd never claim bankruptcy again. And this is the only thing I have to claim bankruptcy on. There's virtually nothing else. There is one... One side loan that which I wouldn't mind getting rid of just because I don't think it was right to begin with. Uh, it was a side loan the mortgage company had made with us um, when they refinanced our mortgage. 
Um, it was totally, it was, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, there was no collateral on it, which surprised me to begin with because they always ask for collateral. And I'm surprised they didn't just put it in the mortgage to begin with. But, you know, I gave the house back. We, we refinanced with them several different times. And this, the last time, they made this side loan to give us extra money. And I'm going, okay, fine, you know. Well, after my husband passed away, I tried keeping up on it, and I just I, I can't do it. Well, now it's just about, you know, seven years past now. <laughs> I don't want to bring it up for fear I'm, you know, re, what is it, um, what do you call it when you admit to having that debt? And my phone Re- reaff- reaffirm, and reaffirm my it. phone died. <laughs> oh, your phone died? I'm just going to talk it away. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Patty's still on. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Colin uh, dropped. His battery died. But um, we're just a few of us. Yeah, right. Um, I knew that. Now I'll quit talking here. I'm just babbling anyway. But well, um, I'm glad you're feeling safe enough with us that you can do these things because that's well, invaluable. As, as long as you don't get annoyed with me talking, because like I said, I do have to vent, and when right. I can vent, then I can, you know, let it go. But it's when I have to hold it in and I have no one to talk to that that's when it <laughs> that's when it gets oh, me. Oh. But I'm, I'm, yeah, but with this bankruptcy thing, I think I can maybe now let it go because, what are you, what are you doing? (sighs) Now they've taken to pouring water on construction paper. Yay. Oh. Does that um, make putty? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It makes something. It makes the paper wet. <laughs> He's just dipping his fingers in and drawing on the paper with his fingers, which I guess that's okay. As long as you don't a take finger the... Finger painting. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's what finger painting is. Finger painting with the water. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he goes, finger painting. <laughs> there you go. Finger, finger painting. painting. <laughs> but... Anyway, I'll let you know as the saga continues, but it's um, it's coming to a point where I feel, I mean, I, I kind of freaked out a little bit at first when my lawyer said he was letting it go. He yeah. was, you know, asking me to sign papers to let him go. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, but now after meeting with the bankruptcy lawyer, I'm I'm not as... I'm not as worried about it now. It's like I think now I can let it go. And I think as these few little steps happen, it's helping me to let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm now at a point where I don't have to know what what they've got. Because if I do just let it hang out there for a while, then it's going to force them, it's going to force their hand instead of mine. And they may not want to have that forced. They well, might just want to know that. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, what were you what were you gonna say? Vindictiveness is very makes people sick. Oh yeah. Yeah. How would them be sick instead of me? You know? Yeah. yeah, because see what's eating at you is what's eating at you. And that's part of the gut thing and as you yeah. go through that um video thing, it it's one of the nine things. Yep. I I I, I took that vi- did that video on oh, did you? I have eight oh. of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and but you see now why I'm looking at this leaky gut is probably being the root to everything. For everything. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing how much of that stuff is just all connected with all this stuff. I don't I don't know but since I don't know what the source is for why I've got this blepher spasms I don't know where how the leaky gut is affecting it. Listen I'm just to saying, this one. Huh? I'm sorry. Oh, you just said it in such a way that I got a different viewpoint. Me too. With the fact of your saying you're having muscles spasms. One of the things I'd read a long time ago, and it was in, in reference to my oh. husband, and he had Coke bottle glasses. And he could barely see. Now, I don't know what else. I mean, he had cancer. He had three forms of cancer and stuff. That's resistance. And that is, uh, what is it? Uh, it's not resistance. It's um, being um, holding on to your uh, anger of someone. Mm-hmm. But having eye problems, whether it's muscular or what, was the fact of not seeing things the way they really are. And maybe with the fact that you went to the bankruptcy guy, you're seeing things differently. Hmm. Okay, bye-bye. That okay. could be. I mean, it's 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 very possible, you know. I've also looked at the whole, you know, blockage thing and you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that can definitely affect. Very good. Oh, that's colorful. Yeah. There's one question I've been dying to ask. Wonder Anne. What about the healing pen on her eyelids? Well, that's what I'm, I want you to... Thank you for reminding me to say it again. Uh, I need the address uh, or for your address, and I'll send you these healing pads that I have for uh, you to put on your eyes. And, and uh, Patty's going to send me some cups. And if, what the cups that we were looking for are those double insulated cups so that you can see they can be separated because um, I'm having a real lot of trouble finding them here, but you may oh, have they need to be room. able to come apart, the two the two vehicles of the plastic? Yes, I'll, okay. I'll, cut, I'll cut the plastic around the one edge that you see. I have one that I got at Walmart that was 583. It was way up on the top of the shelf. I had to use my cart and the shelf to stand on to get it. And it was exactly what I wanted because it was a hot and cold insulated cup. 
If you put something hot in, the exterior makes it stay hot. If you put cold in, the exterior makes it stay cold. That's the kind of thing. And it's a double, it's a double um, um, shelled mug. It can be a handle on it, doesn't matter. What I'm going to do with it, or if it is, uh, and I've got some people looking for it, very, very, very thin copper wiring around it. And uh, I'll put some GANs in the bottom and some crystals that I've got, some really nice crystals. And I think they're from the Baltic area. And that'll all be sealed back up again, so all of this will never touch your lips. But that'll give you energy. It'll clean out some of your body. But the health pads that I can send right away are um, pads with scans on them that you never take out of the bag. And this has been very interesting. For a week, I've been using my GANS pads. They've never dried up. They keep just refreshing themselves. And they're sealed in a plastic bag. Are they sealed in a plastic bag? Yeah, you don't want to take them out of the plastic bag. I'll put that on there. Do not remove the pad because it's scans. There's scans on it. So, uh, Orpha, send me your address by um, email, and I'll get these made for you. I've got some already made. The girl didn't make it here, but I'll send them in an envelope to you. And same for you, Patty. Hey, um, thank you. Uh, How do you get a GAN? Do you have to take an organ and cut the GANs off of it? (laughs) No. Okay. Or goes into either or, but the GANs is your gravitational (laughs) and (laughs) nuclear stuff is what I'm calling it. (laughs) Oh, Patty, quit being so silly. I can't help it. Ever since I discovered that stuff I was taking for my nose was made out of... um, Horse stuff? Horse something or cow something or something, you know, brains or, or liver. Liver it was. And then it dawned on me, well, I have liver issues too. Maybe this stuff is really working. And then I was learning, well, one's, one's um, that taught me the difference between the two kinds of nat- natural medicines. And, you know, there's a lot of phony sugar pills out there. So what I was doing was really a sugar pill. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working too well until I stopped taking it. Anyway. There you go. There you go. And, and much of what we're taking is, is sugar pills. <laughs> and I don't have any any choice. I just keep falling down these rabbit holes. No matter what I do, I keep falling down them. It's how I come out of them that is, that is the, the saving grace. I need to come out of them calling myself your highness. <laughs> your highness. Your highness. Oh, my, my highness or your highness. Oh, okay. There you go. But let's call it a day. Let's do the whole whole corner for everybody that was on. And uh, we'll be able to. I looked over there and said, Golden Ages? Oh, yeah, I was hung up. <laughs> So let's do the ho-ho-pono. Are you at a good place, Orpha, to do the ho-ho-pono? Probably as good as it's going to get. This is going to wind them up again. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They're calm right now, but let's wind them up for you guys. 
Okay. Yeah, we got three ones. Push this, please stop your sinuses. <laughs> please don't wind them up. Okay, <laughs> I gotta get a lunch here pretty soon. But anyway, but yeah, um, I won't go into my little speech. I'm just gonna do the whole phone. <laughs> there you go. I'm tired. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Happened to Patty. <laughs> yeah, Patty dropped off. I don't know. Oh, she. Oh, she dropped off. So it's just you and I. So go okay. ahead. So just that's okay. <laughs> okay. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. And there is no how in our lives and so far as what we're talking about. How is a grace, is a thank you, is is an expansion of what you are to yourself. How is is a way to say to the universe, you take care of that responsibility. Yes, that part is out there. What is inside me is what I can handle. What is outside, I have no control over. I can only deal with my my own sphere of universe, and I get more insight as to being a better woman, a better man, a better child, I I am, each and every one of us has that opportunity to be improving themselves. There's always more room to improve. And improve is what this is all about. Our greatest, greatest gift for this era that we're in right now is the awakening that all of us are in and all of us are expanding. So keep coming awake. Keep putting it out there how great you are and give to you as to the betterment you are. And so on the count of three, our little helpers are here to go and give us our great hug to all of you out there. One, two, three. <laughs> wow, you guys were great. <laughs> you guys were great. Yeah. We love you, little guys. After lunch. Oh, lunch, well, ready. Okay. Yep. <laughs> On to the next thing. <laughs> yep. Yes, well, thanks. thanks. I, will, okay. I will do that. I will do that. And thank you. You're thank welcome. You, thank thank this you. Is what it's about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, where awesome do I go? Awesome. 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 Awesome
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.